right, welcome to the Krug Show. After Niner football, man, the final day of 2023 could not have gone better for the 49ers and the way it went today. Welcome to the Krug Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week in both spots from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Go get the brisket, get the brisket chili. Go say hi to Damon and Mary. Tell them that Krug sent you. Um, and, and, um, we're also of course brought to you by New York style Italian sausage. The only kind of Italian sausage that I will eat is New York style Italian sausage. It's in your grocery stores all throughout Northern California. We're also brought to you by Marin auto glass. If you shatter a windshield and you need someone to come out and replace it for you, MarinAutoglass.com 415-883-3030. And we're also, of course, brought to you by both Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use that promo code uh, KRUG, K-R-U-E-G, and they will match you up to your first $100. All right. We get it rolling on a Sunday, and I hope everybody's having a great final Sunday of 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. What a day. And we will be joined, I think, by the whole crew. Kev's in San Diego, but he's going to pipe in. Um, we've got uh, Danny and Rye, uh, Baller, JD, Damon. They'll all be in the house, I believe, at some point or another. But what a win. <laughs> what a day for the 49ers. They get the win. They get the Arizona Cardinals beating the Eagles in Philly and uh, the Niners are the number one seed in the NFC. How about that? How about that? The number one seed in the NFC, the 49ers. Um, an incredible day for Niner fans. 27 to 10 Niners. And then what can you say about the about the uh the Rams did beat the Giants, by the way, 26-25. Uh, I did cover my two-team teaser today. I took Niners and Rams on the tees. And, but the Cardinals over the Eagles, 35-31. Kyler Murray found Dorch on a 36-yard gain into the red zone. And what an amazing, an amazing Sunday for the Niners. Niners win, Eagles lose, Niners lock up the one seed. Next week means nothing. So you can – it's the Sam Darnold show next week, I'm sure – and then the week after that is another week off, and then two home games. And if the Niners can win them both, they're going to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas against the champions of the AFC. A lot to be discussed, guys. Welcome to the Krug Show. I'm Larry Kruger, top box, Kevin Kruger, bottom two boxes, the great Dan Coach Emilio of NorCal Sports. The Network champion of his fantasy football league. <laughs> Nobody cares. And then, of course, Baller. We haven't talked to Baller in a while, but Baller's back in the house. JD and Damon may join later on. Hopefully, Rye will jump in here as well from from Mexico or wherever he's at. Guys, what'd you think? I mean, this was, you know, you walked into this game into today going, man, if the Niners could just get a win and if the Cardinals could just beat the Eagles in yeah. Philly. And right as you're saying that to yourself, you're like, well, 
That ain't going to happen, right? The Cardinals aren't going to beat the Eagles in Philly. But Jonathan Gannon is the ex-Eagle coach, ex-Eagle defensive coordinator, and he had something on the line in this one. Um, and the Cardinals, as we know, will fight and claw. They're kind of used to being in this spot, and they they found a way to come away with a win. And now the Niners have exactly what they want. Yes. They have the number one seed, home field advantage, the first round by, and next week against the Rams means absolutely nothing. Uh, I couldn't have gone any better today, guys. What did you think of the game? Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. I just put out a tweet that the Niners should rest Purdy, CMC, Trent, Banks, McKivitz, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Boza, Young, Hargrave, Armstead, Warner, Greenlaw, Ward, and Gibson, and, and Lenore and Thomas. Just bring up the entire practice squad. Let those guys play. Make those all those guys inactive. No reason to, to put them out there. And Chase Young hasn't had a bye all year long because he got traded and missed Washington's bye. Um, all these guys need to rest, and um, it's the perfect recipe what the old Niners did in the eighties, they used to wrap things up and have the buy and, and not have to play the guys the last game of the season. And then all those guys would go in fresh and that's how you, that's how you win and get to the Super Bowl. They did it. They did it today. Tim Donahue's Cruz's Krug. I got a Krug show shirt for Christmas for my wife and kids. We couldn't stop laughing at your video greeting. Krug show shirt is the new official leg. Uh, leg day shirt at the gym. Nice. Nice. I appreciate that. Kev, what'd you think? You're in San Diego. How's it, how's it, how's it, you know, how's it being, how's it on the road down there? It's a little gloomy here in San Diego right now. Um, it was a little bit of a shit show cause I had the TV not really working. So I had to listen to the radio for the entire third quarter, but, uh, you know, it was a great win by the 49ers, but it really quickly got overshadowed by the Cardinals win, which was the biggest win of the day. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, it was one of those things where you anticipate the Niners to win this game, 14 point favorites. I, they, they covered by three points, but you didn't anticipate the Cardinals beating the Eagles. And you're looking ahead to next week, looking at the Rams as a pretty formidable opponent at this point in the season. So huge to see the Cardinals beat, uh, the Eagles, but yeah, great game by the 49ers offensively got pretty much anything they wanted. There was a, there was basically only one drive by the commanders with Terry McLaurin kind of dominating that drive and a drive by uh, Brian Robinson that looked pretty good. But yeah, Elijah Mitchell played great today. It's great to see him back. Um, but yeah, great win by the Niners. Baller, good to see you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How you been? And, and give us your thoughts on the game. Hey, feeling good. Glad to be here. What a win by the Niners. You know, they, they controlled the game. It felt like from start to finish. I know it was it was tight there in the first half because the Niners had to settle for a couple field goals. But it was good to see Brock Purdy be the quarterback who we know he is. He was in control. He was decisive. He was a playmaker. You know, he used his legs, converting on a third down with his legs. We saw the dime he threw down the field to Brock Pur uh, excuse me, to Brandon Ayuk on that slot fade. And then, guys, how about that improvisational touchdown that he had to Brandon Ayuk down in the red zone? I thought that was spectacular. And that's why we all love Brock Purdy so much. You know, he's so good playing within structure. 
But then he gives you two or three plays every game where he's improvising and making plays that, you know, our quarterbacks we've had previously could never dream of making. So it was nice to see Brock get back on track. And guys, one adjustment I noticed was we attacked outside the numbers a lot more this week. Teams know, you know, the middle of the field is kind of our bread and butter, but I thought today they uh, counteracted that with some corner routes to George Kittle and some out routes. So they attacked outside the numbers. I thought that was a nice adjustment. The defense was good. You know, that Terry McLaurin beat Demo on, on a slot fade for a big play. But other than that, this defense really kept the commanders in check, kind of limiting the big plays. So uh, just a great win. Great day to be a Niners fan with the Cardinals pulling it out. Now, this is why you're locked in week in and week out trying to win all these games because this is what you play for, getting the bye, getting home field throughout. Just a great day to be a Niners fan. Really was, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, one of the things that was claimed by Kyle Van Noy after that uh, Ravens game was that, was that um, they, you know, the Ravens had given everybody the blueprint on how to defeat the 49ers. And you knew he wasn't talking about the Ravens offense. You knew he was talking about the Ravens defense because he is obviously a Raven defender. And what did the Ravens do last week? Well, they blitzed off the edge, uh, but more importantly, they really put a lot of guys in the windows that they felt like Brock was going to throw to, especially in the middle of the field. And, um, and so, you know, I was kind of wondering, you know, I thought, okay, you know what, that may bother the 49ers. I mean, that's at least a counter to their tendencies of throwing the ball in those windows to Ayuk and Debo and CMC and Kittle and everybody else. Um, and I, and I wondered what we'd see in this game. And sure enough, you know, when you look at the number of balls that were thrown outside the numbers, Maybe Washington did copy that game plan a little bit. Maybe they did pack the middle of the field with extra bodies. You know, I won't really know for sure until I get a chance to watch the all 22 film, but um, I thought Brock, you know, made, he looked a little unsure in the first half. Some of the balls that he threw were kind of, kind of ducks. I mean, threw a couple ducks in that game, in, in that first half. He looked a little unsure of himself. So, um, but he did take care of the football. He did turn it over. He did make a number of completions outside the numbers, um, <clears throat> and they adjusted. I thought the other great thing to see in this game was Elijah Mitchell. I mean, how great was Elijah Mitchell in this game? And you just forget the value of Elijah Mitchell. He's got great instincts to pick and slide and pick the right hole. He's got great vision. He always falls forward. He seems like he's kind of, even if he's off balance, he's off balance leaning forward, falling forward, moving forward. And it's just, he doesn't cough it up. He doesn't fumble. Um, you know, it's, it's, if he can, if you can get him to the line of scrimmage, like he's one of those guys that doesn't have a lot of power in his, in his frame. So if he gets hit in the backfield, you know, he's probably going down, but if he can get a couple steps of momentum, you know, he, he can take a two yard opening and give, and give you a five yard run as good as any back in football. And I, I just thought he was, he was outstanding. And hopefully next week we see, you know, especially with McCaffrey, I'm glad the Niners kind of dictated to McCaffrey, hey, look, you got a calf pull of some kind. We're going in a different direction. 
And next week, I'd like to see Mitchell and Mason exclusively. Um, and and I'm excited to what it could look like. You know, I mean, the Niners may lose that game, but I want to see Mitchell and Mason next week against the Rams. But I loved what I saw from Elijah Mitchell in this game. If I was Shanahan, I would have given him the game ball. He played well. Uh, he, he hits the holes quickly, and he's decisive. That's one thing I like about Mitchell is he – does not dance around. He just, you know, the hole's not there. He just takes, you know, goes into the line. He's not bouncing around, losing yards. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a huge win in the fact you know we've talked about with with uh, Eagles going down. It allows you to rest the players that need rest. And I know some people say, oh, let them play a a, a half or maybe two drives just to keep them uh, two or three possessions. Um, and, and sometimes that might be beneficial thing. I worry about when you're playing a game like this is the Rams are going to be playing all out and the Niners have nothing to play for, but probably. let's be real though. Let's be real though. The only reason Eli Mitchell got all these carries is because McCaffrey went down with the calf. I mean, right. in the first half, McCaffrey had 17 touches. Right. You know, like 14 carries and three catches. Like, I mean, the game plan wasn't to get Eli all these touches. No, but, no. But he did well with what he got. So that was good to see. And we're going to see more of them next week. I think people forget that Eli Mitchell is a legit starting running back in the NFL. And it's, yeah, this is, this is his best game since CMC comes, has came here and, CMC is basically just taking all his touches away from Elijah Mitchell. But Elijah Mitchell is a he's a legit running back. He's, he's a thousand yard back his yeah, first year. He, he was there. He was their good. He was a good back. He is a good back. And uh the only thing holding him back is CMC and injury. So it's good to see him back. I hope they start integrating him more into the offense. Well, you know, and, and next week he's definitely gonna be there. Yeah. You know, Kev, that's that's a great point. He's an excellent back. This may be a blessing in disguise that it's not a, a big injury because Injuries tend to happen when you're worn down. And Kyle is, in my opinion, has overused CMC to the point where, you know, we're talking here, this is the 17th or 16th game. Uh, now he finally get a little rest and, and maybe, you know, he's ready a hundred percent, hopefully uh, and re reloaded and ready to go for the playoffs. And you only got to get the two wins to get to the Super Bowl, you know, that's and and it thing. makes neck, the way this game played out, it makes you wonder too. Floyd the Barber says, Larry, if you could knock the Rams out of the playoffs with a week 18 win, do you go for it? Well, you go for it within reason. I mean, you're it's not like you're going to try to lose. Um, but you know what? You don't know how it's going to go. Heck, if the Rams, you're right. The If you felt like the Rams were just the, an awesome outfit that could, that could beat anybody. And you feared them, you know, feared them like a like a major st uh, stud team. Then maybe you would take a different approach in Week 18. I'm sure the Niners will try come out try to win the game, but they're going to rest guys within that within that effort. Um, I just look at the Rams. The Rams might be able to take out the Cowboys. You know, the Rams might be able to take out the some other contender. I mean, how do you guys look at before we'll get into the Niner defense? Cause I thought there were some issues with the Niner defense that we should talk about, even though they only gave up 10 points, but how do you look at 
the AFs at the NFC playoffs. I mean, Philly looks like they're just absolutely limping down the stretch. I mean, they, they just don't look like the same team at all since the Niners beat them. They've just kind of been in a backslide. They're now 11 and five. They've lost four games in the second half of the year. Um, you know, they lost to the Niners. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, Philly is Philly's really struggling. Who's that fourth game they lost? Who's that? Who's who else beat them besides? Uh, was it Buffalo? Seattle. 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 Did Seattle get them? Who Philadelphia? Um, yeah, that Monday night game. Yeah, Seattle got them. So I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you look at if I said to you rank the teams in the NFC behind the 49ers? Who's the best team in the NFC besides the Niners? Well, it's interesting because I think the playoffs are going to be have some interesting matchups the way they're shaping up. It looks like the Rams are going to go to Detroit at this point as the sixth seed and face Jared Goff. And you have, I think if, if it were to end today, you'd have the three six. Dallas would be the two seed and would uh, take on who's ever that seventh seed. That might be Seattle. Seattle, most likely uh, Seattle. And then You'll have the could be New Orleans too. Could be New Orleans. Yeah, Dallas or Philadelphia will end up being the five seed uh, and have to face the winner of the NFC South. So the teams that I think an ideal situation for the Niners is 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 that um, Philly wins Detroit, Tampa, Philly. Uh, So right now, Niners would have the bye. As we sit here, Dallas as the two seed would take on the seven seed. Seven so they would seed. get Seattle. Rams would get Lions. Eagles would get Bucks. So right. if, if, if unless the Niners would get the lowest remaining seed. Correct. So unless Seattle beat Dallas or if Seattle or if Dallas beat Seattle, but then the Rams beat Detroit. If, if the Rams or Seattle upset Dallas or Detroit, the Niners would get Seattle or the Rams in that first round. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's setting up for maybe a Niners uh, Detroit uh, because I think Detroit, if they get by the Rams, they go in back to Dallas and they ain't going to leave room for the officials. Yeah, and they are pissed. If I were to rank the most, I don't know, like in terms of teams I wouldn't want to face. Yeah, in the NFC. I would say Cowboys, and then I would go Rams. I would really go Rams. Rams have won four of their last five. The Eagles have, have only won one in their last five games. That's so the Eagles are going to Eagles and Rams are going in completely different directions. Yeah. I'm gonna write this down. So you you the lot you don't want to face Dallas number Dallas, one. then the Rams. Then the Rams, then Detroit. Yeah, then Detroit, then the Eagles. I'd agree with that. I think that's. I I think Detroit on the road, outside, they're just a different team. They're just a different team, not at home. I, I don't want to face the. I, I don't. I would go. I would go Detroit Rams Dallas. I don't want to face Detroit or the Rams. I think no. Detroit's like Kev said. Golf has been terrible on the road, especially outdoors. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, a different De- Detroit. Something about Detroit right now. I mean, the, you know, Laporta is not. You know, people say, "Oh, he's the best Iowa tight end since Kittle." He might even be better. I mean, he's he's awesome right now. Yeah, he is. Laporta's player. playing at a really high level, and then Amon Ra's a legit number one receiver. And they got and two Gibbs, really good man. backs. They got a great O line. Yeah. Detroit's O line is Gibbs. good. Defensively, they're not they're not very great though. 
What's that? Defensively, they're not great. Defensively, they're not great, but they do hustle and they do play. I mean, Cam Sutton got his lunch taken, lunch money taken by CeeDee Lamb last night. I mean, CeeDee Lamb was amazing. Boy, the Rams, Rams like escaped today because of uh, the Giants had to bring out Grandpa uh, to kick the winning field goal. Uh, yeah, Crosby. Crosby. I mean, and he missed. He missed a 54-yarder. It should have been like a 45-yarder, but the line, I mean, the Giants just choked. They had first down at the 34, and they went backwards. And then they went for a pass, and Tyra Taylor just threw it into the ground for a, on an easy just pitch and catch out uh, or, or a slant in, and he just threw it right in the ground. Would have been a just pitch and catch eight-yard gain and would have set up a 45-yarder. Instead, they had a 54-yarder, and he kind of it was it it looked like he was too old to make that kick. Literally, I, I want I want to jump in to my yeah. NFC rankings because yeah, who do you the got? Niners Niners are the best team in the NFC, and it's not okay. even close. And I don't even really fear another team all that much in the NFC. But if we're gonna rank them, then I'll give you my rankings. I'm gonna put Dallas in that top spot, even though, you know, we've ended their season a couple times in the last uh, two years, but that, that defense, you know, I do have appropriate respect for that, that D line, you know, Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence and company, uh, it, the defense could be problematic. So I'll put them one. I'm going to put Philly two, um, just cause I think they can play the ball control game and potentially, you know, hold the ball for a long time. Uh, and, and move it, kind of running it with Hertz and Swift. So I'm, I'm going to put the Eagles two, and then three. I, I like I like how Kev kind of boosted up the Rams because you know the NFC West opponent. They did kind of move the ball in that first matchup because Stafford he knows how to attack this defense in the pass rush with the quick passing game and Puka and Cup. So I'll put the Rams third, and then I got the Lions four kind of like you guys alluded to, I'm not a believer in golf, especially outdoors in crunch time in the playoffs. Like I know he's got some weapons, but golf's got to show it to me. They sure play hard for Campbell though. Don't they? God. Yeah. And, and Campbell, by the way, did you, I mean, what did you guys think of that last night? It was unbelievable. He went for two once from the two. Then he goes for it again from the seven I was done. Then he goes for it again. I mean, three times. I mean, the third time it just seemed. Yeah, when you third time, not the charm. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, you don't have that many plays on that goal line. Like, I you, mean, you, and exactly. And and are you that fearful? I mean, of of overtime, your you defense is playing good. I thought the stupidest thing was that he went for it when they got the penalty. Because it's like I get it, you get it, you get it from the two, you go for it. But you mean getting it from the seven? Seven? Yeah, that was that was just dumb. That you was you could dumb. tie it. It's like you, I mean, just I mean, the odds of getting it from the seven yard line on one play is just not great against the top defense like that. Oh, Take your chances yeah. in overtime. You've controlled the ball most of the time without Dallas getting that, you know. Uh, broken play to C.D. Lamb for the 92-yard touchdown. You basically held Dallas's offense in check. So even if Dallas gets the ball first, the likelihood of them going down and scoring a touchdown is not that great. And you get the ball back, and you can either you know kick the field goal to win it or go for the touchdown. I mean, 
Detroit it was, was moving it was, the ball. It was crazy to go for it at the seven. I thought Tim Donahue's Cruz's crew, your guys coming back for the Lions, though, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, that will help. Rye Smith joins us. Rye, you back in the main, on the mainland here? Are you, uh, you back in uh, Southern Cal, or are you still down in Cabo? Yeah, I'm in SoCal. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling so good. I, I just was on, on the phone with my buddy, and I was like, dude, it's just one of those Sundays. Everything's going right. The Niners just clinched. The freaking Eagles lost. Uh, I won the, the in my fantasy football league the most Did money. You? Look at you. The, the big money league with the I care about the most. Looks like I'm going to win the championship. I'm sitting down. I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? Like, this is, this is too good. Um, I sit down. I just spilled coffee all over my my freaking like a bunch of my electronics, just oh, my chair, no. just in in, a, in my Xbox. It's it's an absolute oh. shit show. So I'm currently in my underwear right now. So remind <laughs> me not to stand up. But please don't stand up. Um, what do you think of the? What I mean, here's the other thing. I don't want to be super negative here, but man, the Niner defense looks like they need a bye week in the worst way, don't they? Warner looked tired. Greenlaw looks tired. Everybody looks tired. They gutted this one out. They have no Armstead. Now they don't have to worry about trying to do you play him or not for the next two weeks. Probably will hopefully get him back. Um, I don't know. I mean, how concerned? What's your guys' level of concern about the 49er defense? I mean, yeah, they only allowed 10 points. Um, You know, they shut down Sam Howell. They picked him off twice. Uh, but but Brian Robinson ran for almost five yards a carry. Antonio Gibson ran for almost five yards a carry. Um, McLaurin caught, you know, at four balls for sixty-one yards and a touchdown. Demo got burned on that on the slot fade. I, I don't know. They, they just Logan Ryan is a far cry from Jair Brown as a as a any kind of a run defender. He's just so. He's so such a light touch compared to Jair Brown. Um, what do you guys think overall of the 49er defense? We know they badly need the buy, and now they get two. Essentially, yep. the Niners with the happening today, they needed a buy, and now they got two. Yep. And, and with two I- buys, I feel great about their chances in the NFC playoffs. But how do you guys feel about the defense? The you know last week against the Ravens, and then this week, it just seems like. They got big names. They got a big rep, but they don't. To me, they just seem like they're not quite what they were earlier in the year. They definitely I'll, look intimidating. I'll put think, it this way, Larry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say they're they're struggling at the point of attack without Armstead. Yeah, banged up Hargrave over the last couple of weeks. So the rest, obviously, like this team specifically, the rest is what they need. After yep. the bye week, they were completely different d- defensively than before the bye week. You took my word right out of my mouth. I agree 100%. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Armstead with the plantar fasciitis, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to heal. Obviously, Brown with the knee sprain. The The rest is going to be huge. And I think that if the Niners had a goal for this regular season, obviously it's the one seed because that is just huge for getting to the Super Bowl. Had to have it. Last this, time they went to the Super Bowl, they had the first seed, yeah. and I think that's that's not a coincidence. I think with Arizona upsetting Philadelphia today is is bigger than you think because them having to go face a hungry Rams team next week, uh, and them having to fight for the playoffs to get that one seed, and if they fell short, I don't know if they would have made the Super Bowl. 
because just anybody next week. I don't even yeah. necessarily think it's the Rams. Just the fact they that are, they are, you know, to have to suit it up next week and really play hard. Now you can literally, you know, as, as we were, Danny was saying before, you can sit, you, whatever top, whatever your top 10 of guys are that you want to sit, you can sit, you can play your practice squad. You can, you can play your backups. You can Florida just, state, baby. You can play Sam Darnold. You can play Brandon Allen. You can do whatever you want next week. It doesn't matter. And all of the guys that need rest can get rest. So I, I think that's huge. What do you think, Baller? What? How concerned are you about this Niner defense? Because we saw it going into the bye week. Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, in that three-game stretch, they missed a ton of tackles. Then they come out of the bye week. They looked rested. They had a couple really good weeks. The last few weeks, the Arizona, they missed 18 tackles. Uh, they were a little better last week against Baltimore because it was such a big game. But even today, I mean, they just they just look gassed. They just look, like, really fatigued. What, what do you think, Baller? What are you, You're watching. We haven't talked to you for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a moderate level of concern going on with this defense. You know, Ambry, Ambry's been doing okay. But I could see at times maybe in a playoff game where a team really kind of picks on him because he is prone to giving up some separation and some big plays. So, Ambry, there's an area of concern there. And I, I'm hoping that these that these two weeks of rest is going to assist with these missed tackles. I mean, you know, again, screen pass. We got this aggressive pass rush that is attacking the quarterback, but it's a screen pass. So they're lobbing it over the hand the head of the D line and then our linebackers are getting blocked or we're missing tackles. So I'm hoping the rest is going to clean up some of these missed tackles. So let's get Dre back a hundred percent because I still think Dre has been kind of playing through something, whether it's the, the hamstring or so I think the rest is going to help clean up with some of these missed tackles. But yeah, I will say, I think Steve Wilkes has, gotten a lot better especially after the bye like today I thought he mixed in some timely blitzes that got the commanders off the field on third down so you know I'm not too concerned with this defense if I were to point to one thing it's probably Ambry outside that you're concerned about that I'm concerned about yeah he's he did play today with a couple different injuries um all right, we are 30 minutes into the Krug Show, almost uh, over 1,100 people in the chat. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Kev's in San Diego, Baller's hanging out, Rise back in Southern Cal, Danny's out in the desert. We're talking uh, Niners. If you just tuned in, what a day for the Niners, 27-10 over the Commanders. That combined with the Eagles losing at home to the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, 35-31, have locked up the number one seed for the 49ers, rendering Week 18 completely uh, unimportant. And then the Niners have the bye, and the road to the Super Bowl will be a two-game road, and it comes through Levi Stadium. And, of course, we're brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. We're also brought to you by New York Style Italian sausage. The only kind of sausage I eat is New York style Italian sausage. Marin Autoglass. Check them out at marinautoglass.com and uh, Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. Check that link in the description. Use the promo code Krug and they will match you up to your first $100. Thanks to all of the all of our sponsors for being our sponsors. We appreciate every single one of you. Uh, we're going to get to some of the super chats here in just a second, but I want to throw this one on the board 
This one from Marco Mayorga. He's start Purdy. He's a young quarterback. He needs to keep slinging it. Nope, nope, nope. I would he, say hell to the no. Uh, Danny already has voted. Uh, Kev, Darnold, Allen, or Purdy next week? I'm Darnold, but more for just the fact, I think the better thing that could come from that is just getting Darnold experience exactly. in the, in the doomsday reps. scenario that Purdy exactly. were to ever go down, right? Exactly. Not that we've never we've never seen that happen before, right? So yeah, always, uh, that always would get also your guy be, reps. be helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Get Baller. your guy reps. No chance. I'm sitting Brock Purdy, especially, you know, coming off the back to back weeks to the stinger to the shoulder. I don't know if that's a hundred percent, you know, I want to get Trent Williams who played through a groin injury today. He's not playing next week. I don't want Brock Purdy playing back there with Jalen Moore, Colton McKivitz at left tackle. No Brock, take the week off CMC, take the week off Kittle Debo. Iuke. you know, we're, we're resting dudes. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I maybe for one drive, maybe the opening script, What's I'd the be purpose? okay with that. I don't know. Just keep keep the rhythm. Yeah. I mean, there's there. You know, as long as he could protect himself, if you wanted to play him for one drive just to keep him engaged and in rhythm, I could see that. But um, just one drive. How about this little stat? Tim Donahue's crew since 1990, 50 percent of number one seeds have made it to the Super Bowl. That's a nice, nice little thing to uh, to read. Well, here's um, what, the thing that's interesting, Larry, is this sets up really nice what's happened today for a rematch of last Monday night. Baltimore now has the number one seed clinched. They did can you see, rest. Did you guys see what Baltimore did today? Lamar's yeah. MVP. Yeah. Baltimore today, guys. We'll put this one on the bottom of the screen. Kenny jumps in with Lamar Jackson just put up 56 points on Miami and had 321 passing yards and five touchdowns. Oh, my God. He beat Miami 56 to 19. I, I think Lamar is the MVP. Yeah, let him have it and let Purdy get the Super Bowl, uh, get the Lombardi MVP. Take the take the Lombardi and get the MVP. That's the ultimate, uh, you know, last laugh anyway. Uh, I see this even stronger now that Baltimore is the, is the favorite. I know they've blown it in the past, but they are going to be able to pretty much do what the Niners do can do next week and rest their key guys that need a second week. And when you only have one game, I mean, two games to win and they're both at home, you get that first one out of the way and then you get the next one. And it's like another bye week rest. You go into, you can have a Super Bowl where these teams have played literally two games in five weeks. That'd be great. I, I I'll say this too. I don't fear. I don't fear the Ravens at all. I think last week was really a bad, they had credit them. They, they played great, but I think the Niners could get them second time around. Raphael five, six, two Niners says Debo loves his QB one. Did you guys see the Kristen Hughes check created jacket that you, that Debo wore? into the stadium. Kev, is there a picture you can find and call that up or is that? Yeah, I can find it. It's an unbelievable jacket. I can't say that I'd wear it myself, but uh, it, did you guys see it? No, I didn't. Oh, it's, it's, it says Purdy for MVP on it. And Debo wore it into the stadium uh, today. Um, there it is. 
Yeah, it here it is. This is a so they get a full screen. Let me ask you this. Wait, Larry. look at this. Look at this jacket. Has a big 13. Oh my goodness. And it says Purdy MVP. <laughs> That's just awesome. Hey, let me ask you this because well, we're, I, we're looking at the MVP as, you know, basically Lamar last week and Purdy having a bad game. But if you were just taking all, you know, bias, anything out of it and just looking at the whole season, the entire season between Brock and Lamar, um, who would you give it to? I I would, dude. If you look at the stats, Brock Purdy has the best stats. I know exactly. it's not a stats award, it's not even close. I mean, if we're talking about how good of a game Lamar had. Brock Purdy just threw for seventy nine percent, two touchdowns, one hundred twenty four passer rating, and yeah. that that's just like a normal day for him. It's not right? close if you look at seventy nine percent from Purdy, seventy nine percent. I mean, he's had a ninety five percent completion percentage day. It's just yeah, so Brock's got better numbers. If it's, it's a quarter. It's if it's a quarterback, stupid. if it's a quarterback uh, award, and you're going to put up all the quarterbacks' numbers side by side, you know who loves doing this is Jesse. Jesse loves going. Okay, QBA has got this numbers. QBB has got this numbers. QBC has these numbers. If you took Prescott and Purdy and Lamar's numbers and put them side by side and said whose numbers are the MVP, people would vote for Purdy. Well, if you took their names off. Just take the names. That's what I'm off. saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And, and put yeah, put the stats out there and let people choose. Ninety percent would pick Purdy's stats and say this is the MVP. But it's because he's Mister Irrelevant, ir- irrelevant, and uh, they hold that against him. And I think it's a plus. But I mean, the, the, these things. I mean, let's be honest, guys. These things in our in our sports world where we vote are just so fraudulent. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, so the Heisman vote fraudulent. Georgia is not in the college football playoff fraudulent. Georgia would have been favored against every one of those four teams. They lost once all year to Bama, Honestly. whereas Texas lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma just lost to Arizona and Oklahoma, and, and somehow Texas is in the final four and Washington played in the lowly Pac-12. And, you know, and, and, and I know they ran the table, but I mean, it's the freaking Pac 12. SEC is like semi pro football. It's the, easily the it's, highest it's the level worst, of college it's the worst ball. thing ever. It, there's nothing objective. It, it, there's so much emotion in it, I feel like. And that Lamar, he's going to get it because you look at his team and you say, oh, he doesn't have enough weapons, which is true. And I, and there's no, I don't want to diss on Lamar. Lamar's having a great season, but Brock has just consistently had great games. He's had only a few bad games this season. And if you look at his passer ratings, He's had some of the best games of any quarterback. Yeah, Lamar's fine. He's been fine this year. Today, he had, I mean, th- this was huge today. He had a big statement, five touchdowns. But I mean, yeah, Howard, I, went, he, Howard went out of the game, though, too, for Miami. So it, the thing is, we saw the 10 out of 10 Lamar year. We already saw it. And it was like 37 touchdown passes and like no picks and a bunch of rushing touchdowns. And like this year, eh, it's like an 85, you know, it's a solid B. Lamar season. Right. You had a really good tw- uh, tweet about this. Yeah. I, I today? No, was oh, totally cool. oh, when I, I compared the, well, because the only active MVPs we have right now, um, let me see if I can pull it up. But the only active MVPs we have right now are Rogers. Who's won it twice. Holmes. Who's won it twice. And this will be now Lamar. Who's won it twice. And 
Let me pull it up. What I loved about Purdy in this particular game is when the money was on the table and he was trying to put the game away, he just put the thing on his back and said, we're, we're doing this. It's not, it's going down this way. And that's what I love to see because I mean, think about it guys. Um, let's see on, on it, they, the Niners, maybe the biggest bone bonehead call of the day was the Debo on the end around and the Ronnie bell holding call. That was the most dubious, lame holding call I think I've ever seen. He was blocking him. He never grabbed the guy's jersey, um, and they called a holding. So instead of first and 10 on the first and goal from the two or something like that, it's first and 14 from the 22, and you're thinking, man, the Niners might have to settle for a field goal here. And instead, Purdy on third and 10 from the 18 moves around in the pocket uh, and then find and then directed traffic and pointed Ayuk to the spot he wanted him to be in, and then hit him with it to make it twenty-seven ten. That was and that that made you know Ayuk is his it was I think it was his sixth hundred yard day of the season. Um, but that was a total MVP type play right there from Brock. And then the other play I thought was incredible from Brock was when he scrambled. What was it? Uh, didn't he scramble? Maybe on the first touchdown. First, yeah, the, the first drive he converted a third and three scrambling. Yeah, he scrambled on third and three, running in the middle of the field. Um, I mean, you know, you can say what Cam Newton can say whatever he wants about game manager, game changer. Cam didn't have the stones to run like that in the middle of the field. He didn't even fall on a football in the Super Bowl, and you got Brock running on third and three with defenders everywhere, potentially going to get keyhole there to extend the drive just because he, you know, he was hungry to, to, you know, to win this game and to bounce back. So um, I, to me, I mean, if you gave it to Brock, I would understand it. If you gave it to Lamar, uh, I would totally understand it as well. I Lamar, you know, the one thing though, Lamar has not, you know, Lamar's final frontier is not this award. He's already won this award. His final frontier is, is winning the playoffs. Yeah. Here he started I got the four stats. playoff games. He's one and three. Go ahead. Here's what do you the got? stats for you. So <clears throat> the active MVPs that we've got right now, Lamar, uh, Patrick Mahomes, two times MVP. You know, he's won two Super Bowls. He's nine, th- nine and three in the playoffs with 40 touchdowns and eight turnovers. Aaron Rodgers, he's a two-time MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He's 12 and 10 all time in the playoffs, but still, I mean, 12 wins in the playoffs. He's 49 touchdowns to 18 turnovers. Lamar Jackson now will be a two-time MVP that is currently one and three in the playoffs with four touchdowns and seven turnovers. And they won last year with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, that's true. They won last year. <laughs> who was a, who basically made it to the Pro Bowl, I believe, right? Yeah. Because every, everybody makes it to the Pro <laughs> yeah. Bowl. Yeah, flag uh, football now. But uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, if you want to give it to Lamar based on the way he's finishing this year and the fact that he's got no more running backs and his receivers aren't that great and so on and so forth, that's fine with me. But but you would be doing it. You know, if you gave Lamar the MVP here, it would be like the year in baseball that Kirk Gibson won the MVP over Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry hit like 32 home runs and drove in like 99 runs. And Kirk Gibson had fewer homers, fewer RBIs, a lower average. I mean, but, you know, he was like their heart and soul, and they gave it to to Kirk over over Strawberry. I mean, Lamar could win it over Purdy, but Purdy's got better numbers than Lamar. 
Um, and I just love the fact that his are we, dis- his are we discounting are- Lamar Jackson's like rushing ability and are we his rushing t- statistics? I know if you're comparing passing statistics, it, it favors Purdy by a wide margin. I mean, but, I mean he's got Lamar, more, a lot more Lamar's touchdowns. Got, doesn't he? Lamar's got 750 yards on the ground and another five rushing touchdowns. Like, well, it, it's close between the two. Like, one of these two absolutely deserve the MVP. But I, I think it's kind of just leaning towards Lamar with what he did to the Niners with the five touchdown performance today with the dynamic player just that he is when you watch him. Uh, I, I I think he's kind of earned the right to be the favorite at this point for the MVP award. I mean, I get it. If you give it to him, I get it. I totally get it. Who do you think out of the one seeds – has the best chance? Has a better chance? Did Kev just drop off? Who's who yeah. out of the one seeds? Um, you think's got the got a better chance to be upset? You think the Niners have a better chance to be upset in the NFC, or do you think Lamar and the Ravens have the better chance to be upset in the AFC? I think the AFC is a tougher road to go through. I mean, you got Buffalo out there. Buffalo could be the two seed uh, if they win next week. I think. I think they can get the two seed right. They're gonna, um, they're gonna win the division, I believe, don't they? They probably, yeah. yeah they win. Who? That's it for the division. Miami's got a bunch of injuries. Buffalo's on a roll. Um, I think Buffalo's gonna be tough. I think Kansas City. You still got Patrick Mahomes uh, to go through. Cleveland um, with Flacco in that defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not many easy uh, games in there after you know. What's what's the situation right now? Let's say Buffalo. It's either going to be Buffalo or Miami's the two seed. And who would be the seven seed in the AFC? It's kind of uh, – I don't know who's in there. I haven't been paying attention to the back it's the of the Colts AFC. or – it's like Colts, Broncos. Right now, okay. it's, right now, as we sit here, it's Baltimore's the one, Miami's the two, KC's the three, Jacksonville's the four, Cleveland's the five. Buffalo's the six, but as you said, if they win next week, they would they would move Miami down, uh, and they would move up, and then Indy is the seven at nine and seven, but Houston's also nine and seven, and the Steelers, who play right now, right, their Steelers are eight and seven, Bengals are eight and seven, so there's yeah, so it, take those top five, decided. take the top five except Jacksonville at four, and in my opinion, any one of those four teams besides Jacksonville could could win. If you were standing in a casino right now and you could bet two teams per conference, you know, we kind of played this game a little bit earlier this year, but if you were standing in a casino and I gave you a hundred bucks and I said, uh, you know, a hundred bucks on, on one team that you think is going to win it in the conference and another team that's going to win it in the conference, who would be your two AFC teams? Who would be your two NFC teams? Obviously, you're going to take Niners and Baltimore, I would imagine. That's but who would be would who would be your second choices in each conference? I'd go. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Buffalo and uh, Dallas. Okay, I think I would probably go with Cleveland and whoa, maybe Detroit. I like the way I like what I'm seeing from Cleveland. I mean, Joe Flacco's been to the Super Bowl. He's got like seven, six or seven, three hundred yard days. He's they slinging can, it, Larry. 
They can ring, they can they can run the ball. He's got yeah. weapons. They won yesterday without uh, this week without Amari Cooper, uh, and their defense has JOK on the second level, Miles Garrett on the first level, Denzel Ward on the back end. I mean, they've got some some of the NFL's best individual talents. Jesus, I don't know, man. I, I think I would go Ravens, Browns, Niners, Lions. Chiefs, Mahomes fumbles. Yeah, Chiefs. Uh, the, I'm still, I don't know, I'm but still going with the Chiefs as okay. my second team. Uh, that's you know in the AFC, right? Okay. I'm going Ravens. I'm going Kansas City. I know the Chiefs; they haven't looked great, but I, I, I think that defense is, you know, with Chris Jones and company is pretty good. Patrick Mahomes, like I don't know, man. Buffalo, they've they've had a, a myriad of injuries they're going through, and they're winning games. But so I'm, I'm going, going I'm going City. San Francisco, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Detroit. Baller, you're going San Francisco, Baltimore, and Kansas City, and Dallas, I guess. I'm going Dallas. Rye, who would be your four teams? Ooh, I I, I would go uh with a buy low parlay um <laughs> of the chief of the Chiefs and Eagles. <laughs> okay, so you're going you're going to San Francisco and Baltimore. As your yeah. ones, right? And then Kansas City and and uh, Philly. Yeah. I, I don't – Buffalo, it was fun to talk about them as, like, the no, team nobody wants to play. That's true. Nobody wants to play them because they can look fantastic and beat anybody on any given day, but they don't have the consistency to win – to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, th- these last two weeks, like, they almost lost to Easton Stick and the Chargers. And then today they played – Terrible. The the Pats had four turnovers in the first quarter, and uh, they like barely capitalized. They ended up winning the game by what six, six or seven. Um, it was just pretty pretty gross stuff. And Josh Allen played like crap, even though you know he had a couple of rushing touchdowns. It looks like Chiefs are going to have to go win twice on the road. After. That's fine with me. They're they're playing worse in Kansas City this year. And I just love Spags in the playoffs. Something happens to Spags and Chris Jones. They get a little mind meld going in the playoffs. Well, especially as, as dogs. As dogs? Don't you think oh, Kansas yeah. City could be really dangerous as a dog? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they could be. So, I mean, Danny, okay, so I'm. we're all going Niners-Baltimore as the chalk. I'm going Cleveland-Detroit. Ballers going Kansas City-Dallas. Rise going Philly-KC. Danny? I went um, Buffalo and Dallas. Dallas and Buffalo. The okay. Bully Bowl. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting? Um, I guess almost everybody went with a different. Oh, well, no. Rye and uh, and Baller both, both went with Kansas City. Okay. But I Danny goes with Buffalo. I'm, I'm going deep long shot with Cleveland. Now, what I'll uh, say my- about Flacco is he is slinging the rock like with no Fs given. <laughs> He's got right. nothing to lose. Nothing he was hitting that hole. He's just slinging the rock. Tight coverage. He don't care. Flacco's slinging the pill. I'm changing my pick, though, If depending on who wins the division. It's either... No, do- no, no, Dan. No, no I- I'm taking yeah, Buffalo because I'm figuring they're the second seed. But if Miami wins next week, I'll take Miami just to be different. That's That's my caveat. The second seed is my backup. I think Miami Niners would be the best show, but part of me wants to see a Ravens rematch. Part of me wants to see the Ravens in the in the you know the rematch. Um, Monty says, 
Uh, Krugs, the fact that we have an opportunity to rest and rehab our core players for two weeks couldn't have been a better setup. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, the 49ers with rest and focus, which I just, I mean, this thing is, I don't think people realize, like in baseball, it's a daily sport. If you get five days off, you there's the rest versus rust like debate yep. right the rhythm like coming. oh man it's a daily sport we're off two days off great five days off terrible you know what i mean 10 days off nightmarish um in football it's like the more rest the better yeah let me give you an example of that larry because some people are saying oh you got to get the guys out there for a couple of series a full half can't get them out of rhythm what does college football do between the SEC championship and the Nat- and, and the college three and play? a half it's, weeks off? It's almost a month. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a and lot yet of time those guys, off. They come out firing. Well, exactly, and and also it's like um, you know the one thing is is that you are practicing, so you still it the difference between football practice and football Jack games. Mariani, FaceTime. <laughs> the, what? what was that? <laughs> The uh, the difference between football practice and football games is it's it's night and day. Football oh, practice God. is you can stay in rhythm, you can throw the ball around, you can your your receivers and quarterbacks can be an unbelievable rhythm. Um, all those years the Niners won the Super Bowl, you know, many of those years they had they had a bye. Um, yeah. It's just it's so difficult oh, to go on the road and like. I kind of felt like what wasn't the I mean forget forget uh, remind me if I'm if I'm on this one didn't the Niners in the year that they lost to the Ravens didn't they have to go out on the road the entire playoff run wasn't yeah, that beat, a road playoff run they had to beat Atlanta in the last game of they the beat Atlanta uh, but then they, the they beat Green Bay in that freezing game with Kaepernick mm. and I just think I just I just seemed like when they got to the Super Bowl they may have been a little bit out of gas. And I just think that that with this thing, if the if the Niners are going to get this thing done this year, they they in their they needed they for sure needed the buy. I mean, absolutely needed the buy. That's why these games down the stretch are so crucial because it's like, oh man, if the 49ers have to venture out on the road, no buy, man, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding because the final it's kind of like the triple crown in horse racing. The hardest race is the Belmont. Yep. And that's the third leg, right? And right. why is it the hardest race? Well, it's a little bit of an optical illusion. It's a massive track. Jeez. It's it's the best horses. You have rested horses that didn't run the Derby, didn't run in the Preakness. Right. So and and so that third rate leg of the triple crown is ridiculous. Well, the same thing in, in the NFL this year. If the Niners are going to get this championship, the toughest game, I think, is going to be that Super Bowl game against the AFC. Uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that the AFC is better than the NFC based on the way I've seen the Niners schedule go this year. They got outclassed by Cincinnati. They got beat bad by, by Baltimore. Um, you know, Cleveland beat them. Um, you know, these are all AFC teams that, that really looked, I mean, what happened to the top teams in the NFC? They smoked Dallas. They destroyed Philly in Philly. So I don't know. I, I I just think that 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 Super Bowl, if they're really going to get it done, they can they need the buy. And now getting the double buy of Week 18 and then the next game, I, I, if they can't get it done this time, I mean, this is Kyle Shanahan's best opportunity 
to get the monkey off of his back and to no longer be the best head coach in the NFL that doesn't have a ring. If he's getting a ring, this is his best shot. Are we in agreement on that or, or do you guys absolutely absolutely. do do you guys feel differently in any way? Yeah, not only do I feel that way, but I think it's the chances even improved with uh, the results of that Ravens game. Because if they won that Ravens game, uh, the well, the talk would be nationally in the NFL and locally for the Niners would just be how in what possible situation are the Niners going to lose a game? Like yeah. that would basically be it would have been talk. a gigantic ass kiss for if like for like six weeks. Yeah, if they if they meet, they'll Patriots. probably be. Uh, my guess is if they meet, they'll be a three point two and a half three point dog. No, no, they'll, they'll be like a they'll be like a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, the I Niners. Yeah, yeah, if the Niners get the Ravens again, the Niners will be favored. Really, I don't I think, think so. so. I think they'll be a. I think you think so. You think the Ravens. I we mean, can, we can you... probably find that somewhere. What do you think, Baller? If the Niners and Ravens rematch in Vegas in the Super Bowl, obviously it'll be predicated largely on injuries and how the playoffs go and what it looks like. But what would you say? Who do you think is more likely to be favored on the neutral site? Yeah, it's pro- I'm going to say it's Niners two-and-a-half-point favorites just under a field goal. Uh, I hope I they're think- the dogs. I don't like – Baltimore going in feeling disrespected. Who was favored well, was in the for Super Bowl? motivational purposes, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen with the Niners. Who who's favored in the in the last Niners Ravens Super Bowl? Do you remember? Niners. They were. You pretty this sure? Flacco year. I'm I'm pretty sure. But this year it it so imagine that you, they'd be the huge favorites going in. Somebody says I'll, in Vegas Ravens <clears throat> minus 1. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, really? Not only would the Niners be uh yeah, the, the talk of like, are they the best team since the 2007 Pats or whatever? Is this the best team of the 2000s? Blah, 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 blah. Purdy would be the MVP. So there would be all this like anti kind of Purdy tension building up and everyone would be waiting for him to, to make a mistake. And then like if they played in the Super Bowl again, like all the pressure would be on the Niners kind of almost. But now, even if the Niners are like favored in Vegas or whatever, they're, they're going to be able to convince themselves like we let this team beat us last time. Like, you know, everyone's going to pick the Ravens. How do Big you think Hex as we uh, were favored in the two Super Bowl losses, and this one is uh, we got this one. Somebody in here says you guys are you guys are high, uh, funky freestyler. You guys are smoking. Ravens are going to be favored. They beat the Niners and they destroyed Miami. We'll see. It's in, I, I it's said in Vegas. I said Ravens will be favored. I'm not smoking nothing. <laughs> Just these guys. No. Hey, well, how about that locker room? What do you think that locker room today was like coming in after? You know, beating Washington, then all of a sudden, probably turning on the TV to get the end of the uh, Eagles and the uh, Cardinals it's like a, game. It's like a baseball, uh, you know, September pennant yeah. race type thing. And then, and then you get that. How cool is that flight home? Oh, I mean, oh, are you kidding me? With two weeks off, exactly. I mean, it's like. Those they don't, need, they don't even it. need the. They don't need the engines to be. You, you know those cooking. players are like, man, we got to because that'd I mean, be a great flight, especially those guys like Warner and Greenlaw. They're just playing through aches and pains. When you play week after week, you never have time for your body to fully recover. And that's by the like, way, by the way, have you guys seen? I don't know. Did you guys watch Arizona Philly? Oh yeah, I did. I watched it. Yeah, I had. I had the split. Listen to this box score. Arizona, 
32 first downs. Philly, 17. Total plays. Total plays. Arizona, 72 total plays. Philadelphia, 47. Total yards. Arizona, 449. Philadelphia, 275. That is just unbelievable. Arizona ran for 221 yards on 40 rush attempts, 5.5 per carry. <laughs> they dominated the wow. time of possession, literally a two to one, 39, 39, uh, for, for Arizona, 20 minutes and 21 seconds for Philly. It was a wow. bizarre, like halftime. They were up 21 to six. The Eagles were, and it yeah. felt like Arizona completely controlled the game. Yeah. And it was that one interception, 99 yard return. Yeah. They got, that's was, amazing uh, though. Running it on the Eagles for 221 yards. That. It wasn't like Philly can sit there and go, oh, we got a bad call or this and that. You got gutted. You got gutted on your home turf by Jonathan Gannon, James Conner, Kyler Murray. I don't know Shoot. where you guys are with Kyler Murray, by the way. 25 of 31 for 232, three touchdowns. He was my and he QB also ran today. for 24. He was my QB in fantasy, one of them. Um, you know, the Raiders that lost a tough one. Had they won... They would have had a shot at the division. The Chiefs are trailing Cincinnati right now. I'm telling you, you guys both picked the Chiefs. I'm like, I'm kind of wondering how much Kansas City, you're doing that strictly off of Mahomes and Reed respect because Kansas City has looked bad, really bad. I mean, and it's not, people say, well, they have terrible weapons. Guys, it's not just the weapons. Kansas City's got some other issue going on. I mean, I don't know if if their just roster is depleted because Mahomes is making so much money now, and that's the deal. But Kansas City, I mean, Rashi Rice is really their only good receiver. I mean, the rest of their receivers are Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and I mean, it's just they don't have much. I mean, they're I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm never going to, I get great respect for the chiefs, right? We all saw, uh, you know, we, nine, all Niner fans should have respect for the chiefs, but I mean, come on the chiefs, the maple maple noob says chiefs issues with Taylor Swift. Yeah. The chiefs <laughs> kind of remind me a little bit of like, you know, when they were cooking <laughs> with Tyreek Hill, it was like a little bit like the warriors, and then last year was kind of like the 2022 championship where like Curry got the ring with, with Wiggins. Like, you know, he did that with Smith Schuster and this year feels like the following year warriors. Like it's just imploding, you know, Kelsey Taylor Swift, all that crap. But it's just, this game is bizarre right now. I think that Patrick Mahomes just threw his sixth pass. He's got like 40 yards. It's weird. Um, this one from Prolium D. Lou. He says Vegas will n- will have the Niners favorites over anyone in the Super Bowl. Otherwise, the Ravens would be current Super Bowl favorites, but they are not. 49ers are the current Super Bowl favorites to win it all by Vegas. It's also not necessarily who they think is the better team. It's it's local. It's, who has the easier well, it's they're path. trying to get both sides. They're trying to get wagers right. on both sides. Let's hit some of these supers, and then we'll get into a couple other things here. Flav jumps in. He says, you think Purdy plays next week? I would say no. I would say no. I, I, I would sit him out because you could. It's the NFL. I mean, if this were a basketball game, yeah, put him out there. Let him get a sweat. But it's a football game, and anybody could fall into him, and no. 
uh, James Foster, per, Purdy, uh, Purdy dot on the slot fade. By the way, how beautiful was that Purdy touchdown to Ayuk? Unbelievable. That was street ball, man. That's what you do in, when you're playing out in the field with your friends. And you're like, go that over there. That was awesome. And well, was. one of Purdy's best throws of the day ended up incomplete. It was on that first drive, I believe. Purdy threw a wheel route to Juice, yep. and yes. Juice dropped it. Oh, yeah. So it was like, Great call. Yeah. It was a dime. Just put it yeah. on the hands. The other one, how about the Ayuk down the side, down the right sideline? Um, you know, where he in the second half where he put it right on his hands. Uh, that was, I mean, Purdy's that, touch that was a and crazy accuracy. Throw. Yeah, his accuracy on some of these throws is amazing. Red and gold says Christmas stunk, but New Year's was nice. One seed, baby. Get healthy and make a run. Yeah, Christmas was rough. Christmas yeah, look at the rough. look at the chat this week compared to last week, man. The sky was falling last Monday night. Baller, we missed you on Christmas, and there were people calling for you too. They're like, "Where's Baller?" I'm like, "It's freaking Christmas. He probably's got a family." <laughs> I mean, Jesus, let's let's give the guy a break. You, know, uh, you guys, you didn't want you didn't want me on here on Christmas, man. I was drunk and miserable. <laughs> there you go, uh, Raphael five six two Niners. What grade do you give the Niners today? Um. We'll get to that in just a second. I, I think that's a good that's a good one. Definitely, we should hit. We got this one from Hacktastic, uh, the curse of Fat Dom, the Philly <laughs> buried Doughboy is real. Don't touch our guys. That's awesome. They they haven't been the same since Dom was taken off the sideline. Flav, I think we should rest next week, but there's a chance the Rams would be the seven seed and go to Dallas in the first round if we win, which would be ideal. The Rams, I think, I, I would say the Rams are going to be an upset team in the first round. They're going to upset somebody. I get to get that feeling. That would be Detroit right now. Yeah, and I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. James Foster says, Cowboys one, Eagles two, Lions three, Rams four. I don't, I'm not buying the Cowboys. I'm just not, not buying the Cowboys. Uh, Flav says, Philly at Niners, Detroit at Dallas would be an insane semifinals. That would be, that would be. Uh, Let's see. Philly will be the five seed most likely, and uh, they would have to. Uh, so that would mean the Rams would have to lose uh, because the Niners. Yeah, that that that's um, that's going to be interesting. The height. I mean, that that could be fun though. Jared Goff is to. Wouldn't it be great? Be the for revenge. Goff? The ultimate yeah. revenge weekend. Philly wants revenge. Detroit wants revenge. Uh, that would be I mean, unbelievable. I just think that first round, if it's Goff and Detroit versus the Rams in Detroit, I mean, you know, Goff is going to want to stick it to the Rams, not just win the game, but he's going to want to really uh, – it, it would be sweet revenge, I think, because they just gave up on – Goff after and I think McVay's looking at it like I know what Goff does I know his strengths I know his weaknesses let's make him you know win the game playing off his weaknesses true but I like Detroit's, the over I like the over in that Detroit's game. running game I mean Gibbs and, and Montgomery and that offensive line man that center what's that center uh rag rag now is it Frank rag now for Detroit Man, I wish the Niners had a center like that. Have you ever had a Have you ever had a, a, a wager that 
you won and you didn't see like the crucial moment where you could have lost at the end. That's what I had today because I had Niners and Rams. I had the Ooh. Rams on the teaser. So I was I had Rams plus one. Oh gosh. And and that field goal would have would have beaten me by 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 two, huh? It's not a push when you when they win by one? No, that was plus one. Oh, plus one. Okay. So I had Rams plus one. Oh, so yeah. if if uh if if the Giants had made that field goal, the Giants would have won by two, huh? Yeah, and you yep. didn't see oh. right. Yeah. Oh my god, that would have been bad. Titus <clears throat> Muller says, What does our D need? Why does our D need so much rest? Gibson is 33, Hargrave is 30, Armstead's 30, but the rest of our starters are mid to late 20s. I don't get it. It's it's really not about anything other than um aches and bruises it's it's injuries it's like accumulated injuries i'll tell you why they're the d needs rest because the niners lean on fred warner and dre greenlaw to just dominate on that second level and control the run lanes you know and 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 that's and those guys are a little dinged up and they've had a lot of collisions i think a good analogy to help people who've never maybe played the game imagine getting having this bruise and every time you bump into it, you know, it just hurts like hell and it never goes away. Well, when you get some rest, it actually allows that thing to go away. And football players, man, they get out there. I guarantee you that 99% of them are playing with some ache and pain that's oh, causing them to slow a, down just a bit. Yeah, there's that old saying. There's that old saying. When you get to like week 15, everybody's hurt. Tell me when you're injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's hurt. And it's <laughs> not really can... about it's not really about your age. It's just about right. your key guys and how healthy or not healthy they are. But with their recovery <laughs> systems they got today, two weeks can make you feel like it's training camp the start of training camp again. I mean, you get two weeks off of the body. It's that's why I expect the Niners uh to come out and look kind of like they did in 2019 playoffs, dominate. Like, remember what they did to Minnesota? Well, they just ran the ball with Mostert down their throat. I yeah. mean, I, I, I just think they, all these guys have something. They all have either, you know, a, a forearm, a, a shoulder, a quad, a hammy, a calf, a toe, or whatever. And if you get two weeks, I mean, I asked Aaron Banks, I said, hey, you know, how, how do you feel on Mondays? And he's like, man, as the season goes on, it's like you just have a hard time rolling out of the rack on Monday because it's just you just have it's just so it's just so many different things that happen in the game. Some of the injury things you remember, some of them you just have aches and pains and you don't even remember why you, you know, where you got hurt or why your hip hurts or why you're, you know, so uh you guys weeks. haven't had a day off in two and a half months, a week off. You know, right. they I, it wasn't an early buy. What was the buy? Like week eight or week nine? nine. Week nine. But it wasn't a late buy either. Some of these teams just had their bye week, you know, 13 or three weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Flav says, I bet <clears throat> that Darnold would start more games than Trey this year. So if Darnold starts, please tune in for the hour long victory lab. I oh, wow. Be, that is that is awesome. I will be tuning in for that. <laughs> Maybe they could re maybe they could reacquire Trey and he could get a, get a start, uh, but maybe Dallas has nothing to play for next week. Maybe Dallas starts him. Uh, Eric from Megaton says decent chance the Niners play Philly in the divisional round with seeding if they were to beat Tampa. 
really looking ahead, but thoughts on Philly rematch. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think Philly's in a bad way right now. I'm not even 100% sure. I mean, if think about it this way. If Philly can't beat the Arizona Cardinals at home, then I want, I'm not putting them automatically past Baker and Tampa in, in that playoff game. I think Philly, I think every game that Philly plays the rest of the year is they're going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for them to win. I think every game. And it's just because they played extra games last year. They got to the Super Bowl. They're a little bit dinged up. They're not the same team. They lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They have two new coordinators. They've got some questionable guys on their back seven. Um, they had a dominating front seven last year. They're leaning on two offensive linemen who are Canton-bound, but they're both in their mid-30s. And it's now late December. It's going to be January tomorrow. I mean, it's just – this thing's a grind, man. I mean, you know, I'll say this, too. I mean, all Niner fans who have any age on them know this to be true. When you're on top, especially in football, it feels like it's going to last forever. And when you're and when you're when you're chasing it, it feels like you're miles away. But the reality is that the margins are pretty slim and it doesn't take a lot to knock you off. And your you know, your window closes fast. Heck, I thought Willis and Bowman were gonna be their inside linebacker combo for years and years to come. Like three years later, they were both out of ball or both not, you know, a shell of what they had been prior because of injuries. So it just it, it happens fast and, and your careers go by fast. Uh, the sophisticated madman says Brock is dope. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, Purdy football rules. <laughs> nice. Bruce R. Hey, Bruce. Happy New Year's. His Ravens will be upset. AFC is tough sledding. Bengals, Bills, Browns. Will be hard out and don't count out the Chiefs. I kind of agree with this one. I actually think that even though, even though the the, the Ravens looked awesome last week, they look like they're building momentum. They obviously destroyed Miami today. I think they get beat. I think somebody in that AFC playoffs beats them. Didn't Let's they? Say lose, didn't they, they lose to the Browns this year? Yes, they did. Yeah. They split. If if Maybe they the were Browns to if they were to lose out, Baltimore didn't make. Who do you think would be the Niners if the Niners? Let's assume they make it. We're we're, act, we're talking like they're shoe in, but let's let's assume the Niners get there. Who would be the best matchup as far as for the Niners to face to to win the game in the AFC? I think I'm thinking um, the easiest. You're saying Dolphins. Dolphins are so explosive. Dolphins can score fast. They got a ton of wrinkles. Yeah, I know. I don't know if they can I don't know if the Niners – I mean, the Niners are going to lean on Logan Ryan and, and uh, you know, some – did Verrett play much today? What happened on the back end? I saw Womack in the game. Did Verrett, Verrett didn't dress. He didn't dress. Okay. No. Hmm, I wonder what's going on there. They're kind of they're – the Niners seem like they're indecisive on the on on who their best players are, huh? I mean, they've been going with Luter. They've been dressing Luter. Last week they made Womack inactive. This week they made him active. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'd rather go with the youth. I'd rather go with Luter and and um, and and you know the young Womack over guys like Verrett or you know. It came down to Jair Brown over Logan Ryan. I'd rather go with the I'd rather go with the youth. 
What's going on with Brown? Will he be back in a couple for the playoffs? He almost played in this game. Oh, okay, so he'll, he'll be, I'd rest him one more week, man. Don't, yeah, don't, definitely, don't, definitely. He's got a sprained knee, you know, yeah, so he probably won't knee. play until the playoffs. Robert Boyd says Browns beat both the Niners and the Ravens. Biggest threat <laughs> to both teams. Yeah, the Browns are super physical, and their D line was Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett and Tomlinson, JOK on that second level, and then they've got. Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit. They've got some good players on the back end. Cleveland's good. I, I would probably say, Danny, if you're looking for the easiest win, though, I'd probably say Cleveland. I, I got to think the Niners could rush, you know, old man Joe Flacco uh, better than some of the other mm-hmm. options. Flacco Places, also has been turning the hell out of, turning over the hell out of the ball. He has. Uh, he has been thrown for three bills, though, and he's got yep. good receivers, that's for sure. Flav says Baltimore will be the number one seed that gets upset for upset their first playoff game. Playoffs are a different animal. Lamar will be kept in the pocket, and he won't get it done again. Bills, Cleveland, Miami, best in the AFC. Playing Philly it, in the about first Bill. round. What's, oh, oh, go ahead, Ry. I was just going to say, playing Philly in the first round, like I know the recency stuff, but – I don't know. They still won a lot of really – they had a lot of really good wins this year. And they're – I don't know. They're just a team you don't really want to play in the first yes. round. Philly Philly worries me. Philly's got really good weapons. They got <laughs> you don't want to wake up the veterans. <laughs> and they just got a really good team. I mean, they just got a really good team. Um, they're watching – on the TV side, they're showing the 49er players walking to the tunnel looking at Mike Silver's phone. Um watching the Cardinals beat ah, them. That's a, yeah. I watching thought that the Cardinals was... pull the upset. Uh, Beats and Meats says, ask the 2010 Colts how well taking two weeks off goes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not, you know, you got to you gotta get it revved up. Uh, 2010's Colts, I think, lost to the Steelers one time at home in the playoffs, one time to New England, I think. Elite Archer 23, Kyle getting it done. That's rich. Okay. A lot of people, a lot of anti-Kyle people out there. Beats and meets. Since week five, Mike Greenberg has been calling the NFC the San Francisco Invitational. You want to go to the Super Bowl? You got to go through the buzzsaw in Santa Clara. Good luck. And we got this one from Daza0187. Uh, a lot of talk about the Ravens, but we're also, but we also were beaten by the Bengals and Browns. Top AFC teams in general are a concern. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, what what to me was a big when Joe Burrow was done for the year because th- Joe Burrow with all that speed in the secondary and, you know, the H boys up front and DJ Reader in the middle, I just thought, man, and the way he owns Mahomes and I could just see, I could have seen, you know, Joe Burrow worried the hell out of me. I was very concerned about Joe Burrow. All right, guys, it's time for our New York-style Italian sausage player of the game. Who are you going to go with? Baller, we'll start with you. Um, who do you Who do you want to go with? Who is the New York-style sausage player of the game? I'm going back to 13, Brock Purdy. It was nice to see him get back on track after that. You know, we, we saw what happened on Christmas in that performance. But this is the Brock Purdy that we know and we love. He took care of the ball. He's decisive. He played awesome within structure. And then he, he gives you two or three plays a game where he's running around improvising like that dime he threw to Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy, you know, he's 
he should get some MVP consideration just with how this year's went. You know, we talked about it. I think it's going Lamar's way. But shout out to Brock Purdy, player of the game. It's a good one. It's a good one. Purdy was great. What'd you say? Good pick. Good pick. Good pick. Good pick. Seventy nine percent completion percentage. Um, you know, on a late in the year and on the road, there were shadows at the beginning of this game that were difficult to deal with. Danny, who are you going with? Who's your New York style Italian sausage player of the game? Well, I was going to go B.A., but I'm going to save that maybe for someone else. I'm going to I always like to go a little different. I'm going to give it to Elijah Mitchell. 17 carries, 80 yards and a touchdown. Look good. That's a great call. That's a great call. Elijah Mitchell had more yards per carry than Christian McCaffrey. And yeah. McCaffrey had some nice runs. Four, six a carry for McCaffrey. 17 carries for Elijah Mitchell for 80 yards. He went for almost five yards a carry, 4.7. He had a 15-yard run. He had a touchdown run. Um, this is where the 49ers do look exceptionally deep. I mean, they lose an MVP candidate in Christian McCaffrey, and then here's Elijah Mitchell. Who's really in his prime? He is. He's, he's. He's like a car that has low miles that's parked in your garage that you rarely drive, but it's an awesome car. Um, and you know, he's he, yeah. he was terrific today. I, I'm I just glad that uh, he got a chance to play and that CMC. It seems like something that will with rest will heal up and be 100. percent I'm glad it's not like a, you know, a high ankle sprain or a a knee. I mean, a calf can take us still a couple of weeks to fully heal. Uh, but it looks like the 49ers' earliest playoff game will be January 17th at the earliest on a Saturday. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that they get the Saturday game in that playoff round because it's always nice to you've – you're already well-rested and – get somebody that maybe whether they played Saturday or Sunday, you know, you win that first game and then you got that extra day for the championship. Rye, who are you going with? Who's your New York style Italian sausage player of the game? Uh, back-to-back weeks. I'm going Jake Moody uh, made two more kicks today. We just, I, I have to give him this award so we can keep his confidence up because <laughs> that's the we have not seen. I'm this supposed thing. to be. I was the ex kicker, man. You're giving the. <laughs> you know, great. there's going to be a situation. There will Danny. be a situation in the playoffs, and it is just good to see him getting his confidence. He's making all his PATs. He's hitting deep field goals. So, although that first field goal was a little close, man. Yeah. Danny has it. called himself a kicker multiple times here. Danny, do we have any footage of this? And what year? At what year oh, did you make your you last kick in a game? 1980, what was it? See, 80, I graduated in 80, and then I went to Los Madonnas. Like, so it would have been 1980. Because, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. at what level of football was it? That was junior college. You, you were a junior college place kicker, yeah. I was, was high school, starter, the starter, high school, yeah. It was a starter, yeah. Percentage was a forward pass implemented at this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Were they still like hitching it backwards? Did you turn oh, yeah. your helmet into a leather jacket? 
<laughs> hey, come on. That was in, that was right when the Niners won the Super 81, right? Did they have chest protect? No, did they have uh, chin straps back then? Oh, man. Did you go single bar like Joe Theismann? Just the one bar. <laughs> yeah. I No, I had the... I had the you got barefoot. Did you have a shoe on? Right? Yeah, I did. Were shoes. you Mark Mosley? Were you a, no, no, were you I, was, a, I was a sidewinder. I was you were a, a you were sidewinder? Soccer style, yeah. <laughs> sidewinder. Yeah, I was a Arizona sidewinder, yeah. Hey, you were somebody like Dan, said, the late Dan Quisenberry out there? Somebody you, told me to set my clock back an hour. You went, so you were a soccer style kicker. I was, yeah. Okay. All right. Hit a 42 yarder my sophomore year in high school. Thing would have went 55 easily. Never got an attempt at a longer one after that. It's amazing how the soccer style kick did not come into into vogue for a long time. People were kicking it with their toe. I had a 60 yarder in uh, in community college. Just go wide. Just missed it. 60 yards. Dang it. And today, if what's the longest kick that you could make? Uh, if we, I think if we went out about, to Del Boca Vista's grassy knoll there. I think we'd have to move the goalpost up 10 yards to, and then set it at the one yard line. And then, yeah, <laughs> it's just, no, uh, I could probably, if I had a little work, I could probably hit 35. So. Do you have a Ray Worshing 35 yard field goal? I could probably, if I got my. Now coming in, Dan Coach Milio, do you have a Ray Worshing uh, poster anywhere in your house? I do not. I do not. If I say Raphael Septien, does it make it? Does it move the needle with you at all? Dallas Cowboys. All right, there you go. <laughs> Tonta Ray says, "Nice Seinfeld <laughs> reference, Larry." Uh, my <laughs> clock. Someone, someone said my clock needed to be set back an hour. It's actually the right time. I'm in Arizona. He's in Arizona. Uh, I thought there was no. I thought oh, you guys were on our time now. No, you're. No, you're, we're an hour ahead now. We'll, you'll catch up to us in the spring. Look at you guys. You're always got to be an hour ahead. Uh, um, always, always ahead. Every yep. We got this one. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Dazza says, how confident are we that the, the Cal Shanahan can just win in these playoffs and not let style points, scheme, hub, hubris get in the way? There's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of content creators that are hyper negative on Kyle because they can't be hyper-negative on the quarterback because the quarterback's the MVP. They wanted to be hyper-negative on the quarterback, but then all of a sudden the quarterback's good. And so it becomes, you know, you, you know, you know the fastest way to get a bunch of people in your stream is talk about, you know, you can't do it by ripping Jake Brendel. So you have to, <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't, that doesn't pay the bills. So you got to rip either the quarterback or the head coach. So despite the fact that Kyle Shanahan has a pretty gaudy record uh, in the last three years. And the Niners have been there. You know, if they go to the, if they go to the NFC title game this year, they will be in the NFC championship game for the fourth time in five seasons. And it's, it's almost their birthright at this point, which I know that's not how they get Niner fans really gauge the whole thing. Cause they're, we're all about uh, Lombardi trophies, but the over the top negativity on Kyle Shanahan is so tired. Uh, so tired. I mean, I get it. He's, he hasn't won the big one yet, but Andy Reid didn't win the big one in Philly either, and he's got two in Kansas City. So all those people that were saying Andy Reid's never going to win the big one, they're wrong, and they're idiots. Let's hope it doesn't take uh, Kyle moving on to another organization to win the big one. 
But what? How do you guys feel when you hear the Kyle Shanahan criticism? Um, you know, the 49ers are still. You know, if you look at the numbers, I think the four. I could look it up for you, but the 49ers, I believe, are top three in points, maybe top two, something like that. Um, Niners offensively are a really good football team. Kyle is the head coach. Uh, and yet people love to crap on Kyle and just be like, Kyle, Kyle, he can't get it done. And I guess they're right until they're wrong, right? Those people are right until they're wrong. They're right now. They, you know, if you're, if you're crapping on Kyle, you can, you know, you can make him make a living doing that. You can attract people to your, to your chat. He's they're the 20th for first in the NFC with Dallas points over the last seven seasons. Kyle Shanahan is 64 and 50 and he's six and three in the playoffs, two division titles, three trips to the three trips to the NFC championship game and a trip to the Super Bowl. He's 63 now 64 and 50. And in December, by the way, when you want to be playing your best football, Kyle Shanahan four and one this year, 21 and 11 in December, four and one in January. So 25 and 12 for Shanahan in December and January. I'm happy Kyle is our coach. You know, I, there's, I honestly couldn't tell you a coach I would trade him over just with his age, you know, and how long he could be the coach of this team. But some of the criticism is valid, especially come playoff time. I mean, yeah. he's blown no, I mean, multiple leads that's why I'm in the, the Super Bowl. But even even the decision last year playing the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, not, there was a long not questioning they, the the not, how do you not, not challenge that? Like there's yeah. there's some you know Kyle's got to clean up some of these errors, some of these mental lapses that it feels like uh, challenges him in crunch time in these playoff games. So it's like. You know, I'm glad he's our guy. I'm not firing him. I've never, you know, attempted to get Kyle Shanahan fired from the Niners. But, you know, I do want to see him lock in and kind of just get over the what hump, is, man. He's what is it's he going to take a Super Bowl. It's going to take a Super Bowl to shut these people up, Larry. What does he need? What, where does he victory. fall short? I would I would say the one thing that I think he needs, because he he's the head coach and the offensive coordinator, right? How many co- how many coaches are both their coordinator and the head coach? Not Does that anybody, many. Like Mike McCarthy, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, Andy Reid, in a sense. McCarthy this year. McCarthy. This John year. Harbaugh's not the OC. He's no, not the DC. No. Sean right? McVay calls plays. Mike Tomlin's not the OC. He's not the DC. Is McVay the OC? Mike McDaniel yeah. is. Doesn't he? Is, he? Isn't Mike McDaniel called? Mike the McDaniel is the OC. I think. I think he is, but yeah, I'm just—I'm not saying he's all of, the, all of the Shanahan tree. It seems like I mean McDaniel. I, all, I think Shanahan uh, could use—he could use somebody else that he truly respects as as his in his ear because he's down on his play sheet a lot, and it would be nice if somebody. I know they have Brian Hampton up in the box. Where's like, Anthony Lynn? I thought Anthony Lynn would be that guy. The assistant head coach. Where's he um, at? He talks a lot to Kyle. They see, you know, they're talking a lot. 
Um, you now have Steve Wilkes on the sideline. Harbaugh had Brad Seeley. If you guys remember Brad Seeley, who was a special teams coach. Um, I just, you know, and it's like one time I suggested it and it was like, it was like, you're so insulting because I was like, Hey, maybe they should have like somebody there who's like in his ear about, you know, time management, clock management, you know, um, some, somebody who could be his, you know, his, his guy that he could consult on, you know, down and distance and, you know, when to challenge, when not to challenge, so on and so forth. And I know he's got people in his ear, but it just se- it seems like he's doing an awful lot and he's responsible for an awful lot. And if you could take some of that off of his plate, maybe could he be better at what he does? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really asking the question more than saying, oh, he needs this or he needs that. Well, it, to, to your point, as far as somebody in his ear, I'll tell you, somebody needs to be watching the game very closely and next to Kyle in his ear, de- almost in a dedicated position. Whenever you see a play like Philly last year, guys rushing up to snap the ball because Devontae Smith knew he didn't catch that ball. You got to call a time. If you're not going to call the challenge flag, at least call timeout. It's early in the game. First half. It was so it was, you know what, on that one, Danny, I think they got caught in a situation where it was so early in the game. Yeah, but yeah, first half timeouts are not did. critical like the second half. I know, but I just think that they didn't want to waste yeah, but- their challenge right then and there. But you've got to be ready to use that challenge on the opening kickoff, if that's the yeah, way it goes. In that type of game on the road, definitely. I mean, to me, I still look back at that play, and I, I remember last year calling it out. Tell Noah Hufanga, he had a, he saw the ball hit the ground. He's sitting there going, you got to be able to say, okay, I'm taking a risk here, but I'm calling timeout. There were I'm two calling- indications. There were two indications. You had Hufanga going incomplete, and then you had – the Eagles sprinting yes. 35 yards down the field. Yeah. Now, was that all a big deke? It could have been. But now, I, this I think- year, I think, you know, to me, I I, I don't know if they cha- had this rule in last year. I've seen it this year where there's a booth over. Uh, there's a review on the from the booth, and they quickly change it. That needs to happen in that type of a game, in an NFL playoff game, where they clearly have – you know, we all saw it on TV. They've got to be able to see that and and blow the whistle dead down on the field and say, you know, quick review, it's overruled. Because you can't have that. The NFL constantly is making so many big mistakes in big games. And we saw it again last night. Their officiating has, I mean, it's just pathetic. I mean, there's no other word for it. I mean, you got to keep an eye on it. I think it's safe to say. We welcome in Damon Bruce, who finished his post-game show. Damon, we were talking about this te- this uh, particular um, super chat from Dazzy. He says, how confident are we that Kyle Shanahan can just win in these playoffs and not let style points and scheme and hubris get in the way? I said, I threw out some of the pro-Kyle stats. Uh, Baller suggested that you know some of the criticism for Kyle is warranted. Uh, we were kind of going around the room on that. We were talking about what does Kyle ultimately need to help him out. I was suggesting maybe somebody who could, you know, watch 
uh, you know, the calls and, and some of the other things that go into managing the game. He's both the head coach and the OC. Um, but you know, I was saying how I think it's interesting that it's like there's a lot of people who have because they wanted to be critical of this quarterback and this quarterback wouldn't give them reason to be critical of the quarterback. So they shifted to let's be super hypercritical of Kyle Shanahan. Um, and yet the Niners have a gaudy record on the road and they've won and won and won and won under Shanahan. Um, give me your, your thoughts on, on Shanahan. I mean, technically Kyle Shanahan today is where Andy Reed was in his, in his, uh, final days with Philly. He'd won a ton, but never climbed to the top of the mountain. Right. Well, baller, Rye, Dan, good to see you. Larry is always cheers. Gentlemen. Thank you for having me. One of the funnier things that I've noticed here, and I guess I'm going to answer your question with an observation, is that there has been a huge outburst in just the last couple of weeks of just run the ball. But just run the freaking ball. Don't be too clever. Don't be too cute. And there is an element where I do agree with that. I mean, there is. I, I, I do believe that Kyle tries to you know, over emote his play calling dominance when keeping it simple is maybe the right way to go. I think that that's a trap that he might fall into. I also think that he's been humbled with not being able to reach the X marks the spot prize that is winning a Super Bowl. So maybe that will go into his decision making as the playoffs, you know, begin with the Niners being the one seed which, wow, Arizona, wow. I mean, we'll talk about that in just a second. But, you know, I keep on hearing, just give the ball to McCaffrey. Just give the ball to McCaffrey. Just give the ball to McC The whole point of finding a quarterback like Brock Purdy is you don't have to do that anymore. And when you're now looking at a quarterback who is thrown for more yards than any other quarterback in franchise history in a single season, I think you have to get out of the mindset that, this is a Jimmy Garoppolo offense and should be conducted as such. What makes the Niners dangerous is you no longer have to conduct your offense like that. There will be disappointing halves. There will be bad plays. There will be mistakes made. But that goes for everyone. Um, I think that the Niners have the best balance that they've had on offense since the very best of Jim Harbaugh days were here. And in those very best days, I can't help but notice they still didn't win a Super Bowl then either. Just because the Niners are the one seed, just because Brock is the single season passing leader, just because McCaffrey is the man, does not guarantee anything going forward. You know, we keep on coming back to how volatile this league is over and over. The Giants nearly clipped the Rams today. We saw what the Cardinals did in Philadelphia, which nobody could have really predicted or expected. But we've been talking about warning about any any day you play football in the NFL is a day you can lose to anybody else in the NFL. That's just the reality. Um, I think Kyle deserves some goddamn respect, okay? I mean, I really do. I think Kyle is he – is, he's just put the punctuation mark on one of the greatest coached years he's ever had. I mean, he, this was a phenomenal year for the 49ers. From beginning to end – you can even go back and re-diagnose the severity of that three-game losing streak with the clarity of 2020 hindsight. This has been a spectacular year for this team, for this offense, for this coach, for this quarterback, the way it's all fit together, which, again, it fits together so well 
the media has found out a way to score that against the Niners. It fits together so well. Shame on them. You know, it's it's really, really weird. So um, I think that that there are plenty of past lessons that Kyle needs to learn from, has learned from, and hopefully rear its head to the positive as the most important playoff path he'll probably ever be put on gets to begin after the wild card bye week because they're the one seed. And I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. nobody's playing next week, right? Like if there's a way to forfeit a game, the Niners should, isn't there? Like, who well, cares? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, how, absolutely. I, I'd like to see them play every, you know, sit every, every essential piece of the puzzle. Right. Everyone you think you need to win a Super Bowl cannot play in week 18. But Absolutely. you don't have 40 people on your practice squad. Right. So some guys are just going to have to go, and yeah, you're going to yeah. have to gut it out with some of those guys. But I hope they do. How many guys on the practice squad? 16? 16. Bring them all them, up. Every some one of them, them are, are you know, guys that uh, play the same spot and that kind of thing, and there's some young guys. I mean, Bring I would in just some like new practice squad guys. Darnold, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely would like to see Darnold over Purdy. I'd definitely like to see no Trent, no Banks. I definitely would like to see, you know, no Kittle, no Juice, uh, no, no, no IU, no, no I mean, Debo. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got a no. question because we know the main guys are going to be sitting out, but that means some of these backups and some of the younger guys are going to get out there and get some snaps. Who right. do you guys, who are you looking forward to seeing? Because I got a guy, Braden Willis. I've been wanting to see more Braden Willis all year. Uh, he's a guy who I think, you know, they rest Kittle. I'm happy. I want to see what Braden uh, Willis looks like because I think I he's a, a talented tight end. He I, can block. I, I, I got can a go guy. The cat. Yeah. Who you he got, almost, He almost got suited up. I was hoping he's going to suit up today, and they didn't suit him up. I want to see Danny Gray, Darnold DeGray. I want to see that long pass. I want to see that element of the Niners. I want to see Danny Gray bursting by somebody for a touchdown that now all of a sudden he could be a factor in the playoffs. For me, I mean, I, I want to see a couple of the young DBs. I mean, you know, Womack and Luter. Um, I really think those guys can do the job. I want to see Jalen Graham and D. Winters. I don't want to see Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. I want to see no. Jalen Graham and D. Winters. You can know, you and, and, and I want to see Robert Beal. Robert Beal is starting to come on. I mean, he's How about Drake he Jackson. Back. Bring bring in Drake. Is is he on IR, Drake? He's on IR. So yeah. um, can you get a penalty for playing with nine men? I don't even care <laughs> yeah. if they play nine men just to rest somebody. I don't. I don't care if they play with you know. We don't even have a safety out here today. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready for that. Well, seriously, I mean, I'd rather play with nine men and get penalized than uh, lose somebody for the playoff run for sure. But I mean, this is this is such a great situation because the Niners now have two full weeks to rest up, and for Greenlaw, that could make him a completely different player. Oh, it will. We were going around the room with our our New York style Italian sausage players of the game. Baller, Danny went with Elijah Mitchell. Baller, you you went with who? Rock, 13. Rye, you didn't do it yet, right? He took Moody. Um, no, I, I took Moody. You took Moody. I'm going to go with Ayuk. Um, I, I thought Ayuk was spectacular. And, and uh, you know, seven catches for 114, 1,000 yards, um, you know, for, you know, an incredible year for, for Ayuk. I mean, he's, he had just a great, a great second half to the year. I uh, didn't like the fact that Ayuk only scored two touchdowns in the first half of the year, but man, Brandon Ayuk in the second half of the year just absolutely took off. 
So I'm going to give my vote to Ayuk, and I'll give a little side vote to James Conner, even though it was a different game. James <laughs> Conner, 28 carries, 128 yards, 4.9 a carry, and a touchdown where he ran over James Bradbury in the cold weather of Philly. I mean, some of these guys, you just got to tip your cap, man. I mean, that's a his one handed catch for a touchdown. Oh, his my goodness. That was catch. unbelievable. Not to mention, I mean, he's there. Your team is four and 12. You've been banging heads since July. It means nothing but your nothing except to you other than your competitive spirit and your who you are as a man. And it's like for James Conner to show up in this game and to run with that level of conviction, um, you know, with absolutely nothing to be gained personally from it. Awesome. I mean, just awesome. It's one of the things I love the most about the NFL. It's like the league is packed with a bunch of guys who really love to compete. And if you don't think so, man, watch Arizona today. I mean, Kyler Murray, I would have given it to him. But James Conner, I mean, 26 carries for 128 and that ridiculous one-handed catch and running over Bradbury at the goal line and freezing, you know, cold day in Philly. Um, Awesome. Just Kyle Shanahan should be sending Jonathan Gannon a muffin basket because there's a guy who wanted it. He had something to prove going back to Philadelphia, and I think he wanted that game. But no one could have expected the Cardinals to pick that game up. So it just shows you that the difference between the best team in football and the worst team in football is this. Every other sport, the difference between best and worst, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. In baseball, it's the biggest. In the NBA, it's a little smaller. You know, in hockey, it's a little small. In football, it is this. It's the this is the best team in football. This is the Carolina Panthers. Look at how close they still are to each other. That's this league. That's what makes it magic. That's why we can't turn it off. That's why it's it's sports heroin to us because anything could happen at any time. So God bless the Cardinals. What a what a win for them, and what a win it was for the Niners. My player of the game uh, today, Elijah Mitchell's a great selection. I thought it was really good to see him come in and make some important carries. First game of the year that someone other than Christian McCaffrey was the leading carrier for the 49ers. I thought that that needed to happen. I'm glad that it happened. Um, but the, the player of the game today was Mooney Ward. He made the biggest play today. That interception at the five-yard line. Yeah, that was big snuffed out any this might become a problem notion that that game could have become that game could have become a fucking problem it really could have pardon me it could have become a problem I mean, we, uh, no I doubt i mean mooney how about lenore lenore almost, lenore almost had two of them yeah. yeah i mean lenore had had a good game too um damon before you got in here we were talking about how niners and baltimore would you know are the chalk picks right um, but if you could pick two other teams, one in each conference that you would want, who would you want? I went with Cleveland and Detroit. Uh, Baller went with Chiefs and Dallas. Rye went with um, Kansas City and Philly. And Danny went with Dallas and Buffalo. If, if I said to you, you can have uh, two teams in each conference, um, you know, for the for a chance to win the Super Bowl. Who would obviously you're going Niners and Baltimore, I would imagine. But beyond Niners and Baltimore, who are your who are your second options in each conference? Look, I still think the Dallas Cowboys could be a threat. I, I still think the Dallas Cowboys are pretty damn good. And uh look, I you know, at the sake of another person saying Baltimore, 
just because they took out the whooping stick and beat the Miami Dolphins severely today, it doesn't mean the Miami Dolphins are dunzo. doesn't mean the Miami Dolphins are clowns. They just had a really, really bad day. A really bad day at the wrong time. On a day where Lamar came out, you know, I, I'm, dude, he, he played one of the greatest games of his entire life this afternoon. I mean, is that guaranteed to happen the next week? So I don't know. Um, but I still think Miami's to be heard from and to be respected. And the Flacco Browns could, yeah. could make an awful lot of noise in this postseason. They really could. You know, the, the one thing that Joe Flacco, like the only thing that Joe Flacco had, according to some, was experience. Well, he's apparently got a little juice left, too. So you put that juice left into that experience behind that defense with those playmakers. The, the, the Cleveland Browns might do something here. So a um, lot of respect to them as well. Did you see Flacco and Quinn and Williams after the game? I did not. I have not. Did you see it? So Flacco goes, goes up to Quinn and Williams. And he's giving them some love. You know, he's it's like, hey, man, it's you. And, you know, they're they're dapping each other up and like guys do after the game and Flacco pats him on the top of the head. He's like, don't touch my head, man. He's like, don't you, don't you touch my head. I was like, Whoa, Flacco patted Quinn and Williams. Flacco patted Quinn and Williams with kind of a, you know, friendly tap on the head and Quinn and Williams shot back at him. Don't touch my head. Some people are like that. Remember Adrian Beltre, you couldn't touch his head either. Otherwise he would flip out. Yeah, no, I know. I know it is something. Some people are very sensitive. It's amazing, too, in a sport where you're banging heads constantly. <laughs> and if somebody comes up to you lovingly and says, hey, bud, love you. How you doing, man? Don't you touch my head. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. You know, was- you talk about Flacco, though. We were talking about the key to what it looks like to play when you're rested. Flacco's played, what, four games? Something yeah. like that. Exactly. Look how fr- look how fresh he is compared to the rest of the league. You know, sucking wind on week seventeen. So this is what will happen when the Niners get two weeks off. They will come out division round completely looking fresh, like a different team. Well, yeah, and you know what, dude, Dan? To build on that point, another thing I don't want to hear a word of over the next couple of weeks. I don't want to hear a word about rust. There's no I don't want to hear a word now. about oh, yeah. how these weeks off could play against the Niners. Not at yeah. all. The, Not at all. A rested, no. healthy Niner team is among the most yeah. dangerous teams in all sports. So yeah, that this, this isn't at. baseball. This is not the, uh, was it the 2007 Tigers who I think uh, swept the A's and then got beat yeah. by the Russes Cardinals in the, in the world series in baseball, five days off is bad. 10 days off is worse in yeah. football. Five days off is great. And 10 days off is a blessing. And this 49er team, especially with the way they look when they're rested, um, you want no part of this team when they're rested. Uh, nope. Three more, three more quick supers here. Titus Moeller says, here's an interesting perspective. Assuming the Niners make the Super Bowl, they now will have as many weeks of rest, essentially, as they do must-win games, three. Now, that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, and Daza says, I'm not saying fire Kyle Shanahan at all. He's a great coach, but he continually chokes in big games and in big moments. Until he doesn't. Yeah, right? I mean, Until he doesn't. I mean, okay, do we, can, we, can, we really, can we really flesh this out for a second, though, for a second? Let's just say that we're taking your statement, Daza, 
as fact, and I didn't mean to say your name in an angry way, but let's just say you will take this as fact that that Kyle Shanahan chokes. Where's his ob- where's his most obvious choke? Larry, this is where I was going to take it. <clears throat> I didn't comment on the Shanahan thing at all, but I, I have no no problems with Shanahan whatsoever. No, there's nothing no gap. with twenty eight three loss. No, nothing with the not. Ram loss. Nothing no. with the the Miami loss. No, because as far as okay. being a head coach in the NFL, yes, you control. You matter a lot. You control a lot. But really, all you can do is get them to like the final four, and then from there, you can keep your team in a game. Shanahan's never there's there's never been a game outside of the Philly game, which I throw away because Brock got hurt. There has not been a game where the Niners came or played in the playoffs and just completely came out flat and just got dominated. Even the games they've lost, like, yeah, you could say, oh, Shanahan blew it. But like he yeah, okay. He had like the, the injured Jimmy G 2021 wild card Niners up 10 on the Rams in the fourth quarter. Like to me, that's 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 unreal. So yeah, yes, they lost that game. But you also had uh, who was that right tackle? Who was the, the right tackle uh, baller in the uh, that they don't have now? Who was the right tackle in the game against the Rams? Mike oh, they, their their O line no, was, was completely Tom decimated. Compton. It was Tom yeah. Compton and Daniel Brunskill on the right side of that line, and with third string center. Like it, it, it's and even the year when they went to the the Super Bowl, like their line was all messed up. And like, yes, we can knock Shanahan for like the falling behind and they can't come back thing. But it's like th- that's the same on, on the other side of that. The flip of the flip of, the, of that coin is that they're able to like have not the best offensive line and still play as though they have a great offensive line because of the way Shanahan wants to play the game. Yeah, if it's like an obvious drop pass, dropping back passing game, then their O-line's not going to hold up. But that's just like, you know, every, every coach has his downsides. I think it's a great point, Rye. I really do. And you know, another thing that is stunning to me is in the history of Super Bowl success or failure, I've never heard an offensive or defensive coordinator's feet held to the fire the way that Kyle's was after, you know, the, the, the Falcons blew it. You would have thought that Kyle Shanahan was the head coach of that team, the way that he is blamed for that. I've, there's no single other coordinator in the history of the Super Bowl that has ever been credited or discredited for what happened that day, except for Kyle. That's a great point, Damon. And I'll say this, too. This needs to be said. We only remember what we want to remember. I'm watching a, I'm watching a um, thing on the Cardinals of the 80s. And Cardinals fans are great fans. If you're a sports fan, I'm talking about baseball Cardinals. Right. Baseball, it's a great baseball town, and they're great fans. But they've been blaming Don Denkinger for losing the World Series for fucking ever. They still had a pass ball. They still had other things that, that happened in that game. They had a seventh game. You didn't have to wet your whiz down your leg in the seventh game. I mean, they, they blame Don Denkinger to this day, and he blew it. And we know he blew it. Um, but the, you blew it. You know, you own it. And all I would say, Baller, I would love to hear from you because you kind of, you know, went down the road of, you know, Shanahan, the Shanahan criticism's legit. My biggest criticism of Shanahan has nothing to do with 28-3 to the Patriots. It has nothing to do with the Ram game. It has nothing to do with even the Super Bowl game against Kansas City. 
uh, as far as what he's blamed for is, you know, several things in that game. But the one thing that I didn't like, and I, I, you know, luckily, you know, having a chance to interview him, I actually said this to him. So I, you know, it's not like I, I'm, hey, you wouldn't tell him that. No, I said this to him on KMBR after the Super Bowl. At halftime of the Super Bowl, Debo Samuel was the MVP. I think he had like eight or nine touches, and he would have, and he was the betting favorite to win the MVP at halftime of that game. He's a running back that you can hand the ball to. He's a receiver you can throw it to. There is no player on the field that's easier to concoct a touch for than Debo Samuel. He touched it twice in the second half in his prime when he had a monster first half and was the betting favorite to win the MVP. I didn't wager money on it. It's not about wagering or losing a bet. It's about getting... When the Rams got down in the fourth quarter against the Niners and they, the Super Bowl berth was on the line, it was Stafford to Cooper Cup repeatedly. Debo is a lot of, in a lot of ways their best weapon and has been. In the second half of that game, he got two touches. And I said that to Shannon. I said, Kyle, I don't like the fact that Debo only got two touches. He's like, well, that's not necessarily the way it works. They were doing this and they were doing that. And he kind of gave me an excuse. But in reality, we all know you can hand Debo the ball. Right. So you can you can create touches for him, and he needed to have touches created for him. So that would be my biggest concern. Um, our yeah, biggest let you give the ball to your best players. Yeah, I mean, get your ball, get the best players on your team touches when the yeah. money's on the table. That would be my biggest complaint. But baller, what would you say? Because you you kind of legitimized it a little bit that the criticism of Kyle's fair. What is your when the rubber meets the road and you push everything aside, what is your biggest complaint with the way Shanahan has coached in big moments or big games? You know, it's, it's critical decision-making. And I'll give you an example in the Super Bowl right before halftime, it was the Niners. Ball. Got conservative. It was the most conservative thing I've ever seen. That's one, not throwing the challenge flag I agree. on that huge play against the Eagles last season on that first drive. That, that was another egregious error. Just some of the clock management, you know, Niners, Niners have the lead on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know, why not hand it to Raheem Mostert a few times? He got a little pass happy in that fourth quarter where, hey, if Raheem, you know, pops a couple runs, the clock's running. Chiefs might ha- might not have enough time to make that comeback. So it's it's the conservativeness in some of these big plays, as well as just yeah, the, the time management, the lack of aggression. I feel like Kyle he he gets too conservative, especially in these big games. I think it's I think it's fair. You I know, I think that, that was that was another quarterback ago, right? I mean, right. you know, right. on a day where and that's fair too. Four interceptions from Brock Purdy, he's still throwing the ball. You know, you know so. yeah. You know what's amazing? Uh, you talked about you know, you never heard, or maybe it was Damon, I'm not sure, never heard of, of a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator being so criticized for uh, blowing a Super Bowl. Nobody ever mentions, uh, probably nobody even heard of the guy, Richard Smith. How about, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator up 28-3 and you blew the game? How does Kyle blow that game? Wasn't it Dan Quinn? Wasn't no, he, the was, head co- he was the head coach, but Richard yeah, Smith wasn't the was the D coordinator. Oh, okay, and, and and yeah, you don't even hear that name. 
Well, you everyone just, goes everyone goes back to the sack of Matt Ryan that took the Falcons out of field goal position late right. in that game too. And you know, maybe that was Kyle. Again, it's 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 a it's a lot it's, of things. It's yeah. a lot of things that go into everything in a football game. It's yeah. never one guy, one play, one moment. No, and people totally want true. to reduce it to that for the sake of you know dunking on someone on a on a on a chat or something. So, but I, I, I do, also, so sometimes yeah. like I, I totally get what baller saying. Like there are moments where you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ. So conservative with his, his but, points, but also it's like, it does get a little bit of like, you're kind of making like two arguments where like one argument is like, he should be, he should be running the ball more at the end of the game to ice these games. You shouldn't be passing, but then he should be more aggressive. Like that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, How about Mike McCarthy last night throwing the ball three times at the end of the game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could have burned him. Could have easily burned him. I mean, the only thing I'll say about that Miami about the uh, Kansas City game, if that game had gone ten more minutes, can't. I blame. I, I think Baller's complaint at the end of the first half is justified. Why? Because Miami was an explosive offense. The Niners had kept them down, but you knew Kansas it was just City, a yeah. matter of time before they exploded. But like to me, there's way more talk about Kyle blowing that game than there sh- than there should have been, and not enough talk about Jim Harbaugh blowing the Ravens Super Bowl that Damon and I were sitting next to each other in the Superdome for. They had first and that game was on TV the other night. They had first and goal at the two minute warning at the five yard line. They called a timeout after the two minute warning because they couldn't get a play called in time. And they gave, to, they gave an old, decrepit Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Bernard Pollard, who were huffing, huffing, and puffing. They gave those guys like th- five minutes to like catch their breath and towel first off. And goal, first and goal is LaMichael James. First and goal is LaMichael James. Second and goal is, is Kaepernick rolling right. And instead of running it to the two, he threw it from the from the five incomplete, a bullet, and then he go a couple fades to Crabtree. I mean, horrible play calling. Harbaugh ruined that Super Bowl way more than Kyle ruined the Miami Super Bowl, in my opinion. Robert Boyd says Bradley Chubb for the Dolphins is a torn ACL confirmed. Oh, geez. That's Dolphins bad. are done. Dolphins That's are done. That's they have too many that injuries. Waddle lost Jalen Phillips. And Waddle's oh. out probably for maybe a few weeks. Yeah, and they're, they they lose next week. They they're going to be playing. Uh, you know, well, those are big time guys. They're losing on defense, yeah. and their defense couldn't afford that. Dang, the big twenty five says Fortnite nine defense is not Super Bowl caliber. They're a distant third behind the Ravens and Browns. I mean, not statistically, they're not. And with Eric Armstead, I don't think you're seeing what you've seen in the past couple of weeks. Right. Eric Armstead is a game changer. They miss in him. terms of how the way that defense performs up front. So I, I I think that there is an awful lot of recency bias in that last comment. Yeah, yeah. even and even if when you take recency bias into account, like the Browns defense has been allowing points and they're the number one defense in the league. They allowed 20, they allowed 20 to the Jets. Then they allowed uh, 22 to the Texans. Okay, 17. They allowed 27 to the Jaguars, 36 to the Rams, 29 to the Broncos, 33 to the Ravens. Like it's teams let up points. It just is, that's the new NFL. Right. Exactly. I mean, heck, and we're talking Nick about Moody, we're Nick talking Moody about that one field goal. No one's sending that chat. No, no one is sending that. You know, no one's saying, yeah, but the Browns, if Nick Moody had hit a field goal and the 49ers had won that game, it's easy to pick the Browns against the Niners based on the regular season loss. They also gave up uh, 
31 to the Rams, the chat, the Ravens did. So, I mean, it's not like the Ravens defense is the 2000 Ravens. Joe Castaneda says Kansas City couldn't stop Debo in the Super Bowl and Kyle just stopped. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, I didn't like the fact. I mean, that was my big complaint. It was like Debo got two touches in the second half, two touches for Debo. I, I see mean, someone, my God. I see someone in your chat says Eric Armstead isn't superhuman. No, he's not, but he's an important piece. And football teams are the totality of how their pieces fit together. And that defense with their pieces is a lot more ferocious than without some of their pieces. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's uh, Niner Niner Banks as Eric Armstead isn't superhuman. Eric Armstead is probably the best 49er run defender slash. I mean, first of all, everybody has a different value. And sometimes like you'll walk into the locker room and you'll start talking to the players and you'll realize that they hold different people um, to, uh, you know, and different value of different players. There is no more respected 49er in that room yep. than Eric Armstead. Yeah, Kinlaw, be- uh, T.Y. McGill told me in an interview this week, he's like, oh, well, that's Eric, man. I mean, we really, we really miss Eric, man. Eric is just... He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. He's he is their defensive alpha. He is, yeah. and he, he's a very soft-spoken guy. So you you hear him at the podium, and he, he doesn't sound like a killer by any stretch. But he's functionally strong, super smart, pass rusher, two gapper, run stuffer. I mean, the guys. He's they go, an, he went through this plantar fasciitis last year too. Missed several games, right? That's the concern. Is so that this, this is, uh, you know, and, and that thing's kind of flares up, but my guess is this might be the last run as a Niner for Armstead with the very well could the, be with what they got to do in the off season with Ayuk and others win it for Eric, man, this year. Cause he is, he's their, uh, isn't he their, uh, what's that award to give NFL man of the year? He he's is the nominee Walter Payton, Walter Payton, Payton man of Walter, the year award yeah. for the yeah. fourth year, fifth year in a row, which means he's not doing this. As a performance, he's really dedicated right. to it. Right. Well, and then the other thing, too, is like if you said who's the Niners' best O-lineman, D-lineman, it's Armstead and, and Trent, and they both could be done at the end of the year. Right. You know, so, I mean, the urgency should be there for the 49ers. Is Shanahan young? Yes. Is Lynch young? Yes. Is Purdy young? Yes. Do they have a bunch of young, talented players on their team? Yes. But their best O-lineman and their best D-lineman that they cannot replace are two guys that may be – you know, at the very end, or at least in the twilight, and so the urgency is absolutely there. It's like saying um, the Warriors are a great. Like I hear a lot of uh, no shots at you know fits, but I, I hear him say a lot of times, like you, you know, the Warriors they're a shooting three point shooting team. They're a three point shooting team tonight. They're you know they're shooting this of this, and and that's why they're losing. And it's like, no, they're not a three point shooting team. They just happen to have Steph Curry and then a right. semi inconsistent Clay Thompson. The 49ers do not have a great offensive line. They have a they have Trent Williams and then a bunch of other guys. Like that doesn't make it a great offensive line. By the way, the, the Golden State Warriors are 24th in the NBA in field goal percentage. 24th. And they they are not a great shooting basketball team and they probably got to make some moves. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll, we'll final thought as we go around the room here, Baller, we'll start with you. Um, we've been, we're two hours and six minutes into this live stream. Thanks to New York style, Italian sausage. Thanks to uh, pig in a pickle. Thanks to Marin Autoglass and underdog fantasy and, um, 
and Mojo Fantasy, uh, the sponsors of the Krug Show. But let's go around the room. Final thought on this one. A great day for the 49ers. If you missed this, man, go watch it. 27-10, the Niners go to Maryland and get the win. And then they had to lean in the final minute or two after the game on the Cardinals to get it done. And sure enough, the Cardinals did. They did were you down see- they were down 31-28, and they drove down the field. Dorch had a 36-yard pass play from Kyler, and then and then James uh, Connor went in for the touchdown. 35-31, Cardinals get the win. Niners get the one seed, and it's all locked up. Week 18 doesn't matter. Yes, Damon? In the tunnel, and there was video of this that I saw in the post game. Mike Silver has the Arizona game on his phone and it's Debo and Kittle and I can't there were a couple other Niners. Yeah, they're they're all leaning in and watching on Mike Silver's iPhone the Cardinals beat the the Eagles and you just the look on everybody's faces was fantastic. Yeah. Great moment. Great moment. And uh so cool too. It's like everybody's gathered around on the it's like the it's like the 2024 version or 2023 version of uh the transistor radio, you know, now we can actually watch the game in high def, probably Um, final thought baller on this one. A great day for the Niners. Uh, They clinched the one seed and now the road to the Super Bowl goes through Levi's and Santa Clara. As long as the Niners are, are in it, they will host. Uh, Give us your thoughts. Uh, Absolutely. Great day. You know, I've spoke before. I, I feel like this is the year the Niners get that Super Bowl. The quest for six will be finished. But getting this by in home field was absolutely pivotal. So it was awesome. Niners are going to be well-rested for their playoff opponent, whoever that is. Forgive me, I've been a little distracted this show. Dan's been talking about his fantasy football championship. I got three championships I'm in right now, three That's out of my right. five. That's right. there's, there's thousands of dollars on the line. I need 20 points combined to win from – Jake Browning, Joe Mixon, Geno Smith, and Harrison Bucker. So let's get some more points. Fellas, love chatting with you guys every week. You know, audience in the chat, check me out. Bay Area Baller 18 on YouTube. I'll be live tomorrow night with a couple of my buddies uh, on our 49ers postgame show straight out of the Bay. So, hey, happy to be here and break down the game, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Baller. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year, fellas. Good luck with those fantasy teams, brother. Yeah. Good dog. Take care. The great Bay Area Baller. Uh, Everybody give him a like and and a follow over at his channel. Bay Area Baller 18 is his channel on YouTube. Danny, a final thought before we, and by the way, Niner, Niner Bangs, his 2024 year of Larry and Damon, end of KNBR. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Just to read that. Well, my, my, my fantasy football team, not too stressful. I'm up 38 points. Uh, my opponent has Rasheed Rice left, and he's not going to get 38 points. And I still have Justin Jefferson left tonight. Dan, so. you got to read. I know no one cares about uh, other people's fantasy football teams, but you have to actually read your roster because Dan made so many moves that he managed to – I was looking at your team today, and it's like you have, <laughs> I think, like, I don't know, you like your whole team is first – First and second round fantasy picks, basically. Well, my, Danny, my, tell us who's on the. Tell, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Danny, tell us who's on your fantasy team. All right, I have. Well, golf is one quarterback. I'm on Ross St. Brown. 
Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill are my three receivers. <laughs> Those are like three of the five <laughs> best receivers. You had the first three picks of your draft? Good no, Lord. I made all trades. I just kept trading and trade. I Kyrene Williams is my back, and I and I benched Brees Hall this week for Travis Etienne. <laughs> and uh, I played Chicago's defense today, and my other quarterback was Kyler Murray. My tight end was my weak point. I had Dalton Kincaid for most of the year, and then I cut him, picked up uh, Oka. Okan who's in your Oka. Who's in your league, Danny? Is your wife in your league? Seriously, you're either a genius or the people you're playing with are just on the bunny slope of football. <laughs> Seriously, is um, this was this a, a, an inner Del Boca Vista league? <laughs> Rise in the league. Okay, Rye. Is, is all I, of these moves above board, Rye? Did he flee through any trade, Rye? No, so I joined because somebody left the league because they were so outraged by what was going on. So I, I just said, sure, I'll take it. There was a couple weeks left in the season. I'll put 50 bucks. I'll take his team and roll the dice that maybe I somehow the in the league. I made the playoffs. I made the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, Dan, for the first like six, seven weeks of the season before I, or I don't know when I came in, maybe week nine, week, week eight. 10, yeah. week eight. So like he would call me and we would be talking about all these deals. And like, I seriously think you've had shares of about like out of like the top 25 fantasy guys. Cause like you've had at one point, you've had Jonathan Taylor. At one point you had B. John Robinson. At one point yeah. you had CD lamb. At one point you, you've, you've had at one point pretty much every like relevant fantasy guy. I mean, seems like a super fun season. Dan's like the guy walking. I've had them all. Yeah. I've had them all. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I just want Farhan's job. I can put the Giants back together. Wait a second. Uh, Reporting from uh, the Netherlands here, MF says Larry, the Giants will sign Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell. <laughs> uh, uh, my final thought, though, on yes. the Niners is, final how thought. cool is it for Kyle to be planning? game plans and just pick up the phone and call daddy and have that at your disposal. And you know that he utilizes Mike Shanahan uh, during the week and with playoffs coming, that is, we talked about, you know, Kyle needs somebody. I mean, he does need somebody during the games, but there is no one better probably alive to be able to call and pick up the phone and just talk for endless amount of time, hours to talk football and game planning. I've asked him too. It's a, it's it's a it's an incredible. It's like the ultimate question, isn't it? Mike Shanahan is obviously very bright. He's obviously still a relatively young man. When you see him, he's obviously very vibrant. He's, um, and you know, Mike Shanahan's number one wish in life, football wise is to see his son. I mean, I know that would be my number one wish. If my son were Kyle Shanahan and I'd won Super Bowls, I'd be wishing like crazy for him to win Super Bowls. And I asked Kyle a couple times this year, what exactly does dad do? You know what I mean? I, I've tried to like get him to tell me. And he's it's weird. It's like, on one hand, I'll say, does he have? Does he ever design a play here or there? And he'd be like, oh, no, no. He knows, he knows that you can't do that. You can't dabble because... You know, you're not in it every single day. And then he goes, but I, but then he adds, but I lean on him for advice on absolutely everything. 
So on one hand, he was like, he doesn't design plays, even though he was one of the greatest play offensive play designers in the history of the NFL. And yet on the other hand, he like has his fingers on everything. And from what I've heard has an office at the facility and they're constantly in contact and that he's not just like, Hey dad, how are the grandkids? And that, you know, it's not like that kind of thing. It's like, Hey, uh, it's more, he's more hands-on. He's more football hands-on. I would love to know, wouldn't you guys love to know to what, what Kyle has him doing, what role he plays in this thing? Cause I got to figure he plays some role of significance. Of course he does. Of course he does. I mean, imagine, uh, imagine, you know, your father is a, an incredible banker. And you're a trial attorney or something, and, and you're, you're got a big case. Exactly. Or, you're going to talk to your dad about yeah. all your big decisions and your career moves. And yeah, it's 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 uh, it's an incredible, valuable resource of knowledge to be able to lean on. Of course, he does. Yeah. No, I, there's no doubt. I just I'd love to know. And maybe when it's all said and done, maybe he'll he'll tell us, hey, you know what? Actually, he did this and this and this and that. Uh, but I'd love to know for sure. All I right. think he definitely uh, consults about quarterbacks. Yeah. Like when they're when they made uh, that was like part of the, the Purdy thing. Like, yeah. 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 Um, Danny, did you give us your final thought? You already did. Yeah. Okay. Everybody join Danny's channel. It's NorCal Sports Network. Um, it's got the California flag on the moniker. So if there's a, there's some other networks, other channels that have similar names, uh, Danny's has the California flag. Danny, when are you going live again? Give us an update on the channel. I know yeah. uh, it's been a good week for you. You had yeah. you had me and Ned Coletti on last week in a in a barnstormer of a uh, of a show with. A, yeah, I know was, you're growing. Good show. Yeah, we'll be back on uh, Tuesday night, January second. We'll go uh, eight o'clock Pacific time, and uh, we'll be talking uh, more Giants baseball and trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. Um, you know, right now, you mentioned it to me the other day. They've got the the odds on favorites to sign Bellinger, Snell, and Hoskins, was it? Right. No, uh, Bellinger, Snell, and Chapman. No, Chapman. That's right. Chapman. Yeah. I'd rather have Hoskins than Chapman. I don't, I I'd rather take that money of Chapman and put it into uh, Imanaga and have uh, three or four lefties to uh, go against the Dodgers left handed lineup with Otani and Freeman and Muncie and Outman. That's how you can maybe finish ten the games Dodgers behind the Dodgers in a in a in a playoff series. <laughs> if they could not, sign all these guys, they would only finish about ten games behind yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah, I don't care about the. You're not winning the division. The divisions, right. forget it. But if you get them into a five game series, you might be able to with you know pitching. It's your only chance. Baby steps. We got Kapler out, Danny. Now we will, you know, baby steps. I'm working on Diamondbacks, for goodness sakes. Forget about the Dodgers. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, everybody except for the Rockies, basically. Giants should have a T-shirt that says we are better than the Rockies. Man. Danny, good stuff. Happy New Year. Uh, Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a happy New Year. There you go. The great Dan Coach. Later, Dan. Rye, give us a give us your final thought on this one and a and a and a rundown of the channel and we'll promote the channel. Uh I'd say final thought is man, these are just gonna be some really unstre- unstressful next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm just gonna enjoy the playoffs, seeing how everything turns out. 
But ultimately, I know that I will talk myself into being a little bit nervous, uh, whether it's Philly or Dallas or I don't care, Detroit, the Lions, hell, even the Bucks. I will talk myself into being a little bit nervous about it. So I don't know. I'm just excited to gear up. Uh, hopefully the dubs can kind of turn it around. I thought they were turning a corner, but uh, seems they need seems major trades. Not. They do. They need. Yes, they, uh, they they're talking about trading Draymond Green. I saw that yesterday. Draymond Green. Would you make this trade, Rye? Draymond Green to the Lakers for Austin Reeves, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino from Indiana, and Jackson Hayes. Would you make that trade? Why would the Lakers make that trade? LeBron supposedly, LeBron. LeBron supposedly loves Draymond. Yeah, I know. But that might be that would be nice. You'd have both those Indiana kids. Damon, that would be make you happy. Yeah, Jackson Hayes is a is a young seven footer who can run and Reeves. You know, I mean, whatever, whatever you think of Reeves. Everyone involved in that decision should be fired immediately if the Lakers were to say yes to that trade. That's how bad and lopsided that trade would be. LeBron's a great player. He's a bad GM. And no, Reeves, yeah. Reeves has an awesome contract. I guess, okay, I was on team. I'm down to trade Draymond at this point. Like, he finally crossed the line of where it was like, okay, dude. On the Nurkic hit, on the head yeah. slap. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But just watching Steph play lately – it's getting me kind of thinking that Steph really could benefit from Draymond being there on the offensive side of the ball. No like, doubt. If you've noticed, like Steph's been kind of weirdly slumping lately. And even there's nights where Clay's going off and everyone else is kind of going off. And, you know, Steph, he tends to step it up when it matters, but he's just like starting these games like two for nine, or he's just not active at all scoring. So I kind of think they might need Draymond, not just for the defensive stuff, but also just to set Steph up offensively. Uh, Rise Channel is called West or is called Bay Area. No, it's called West Coast Bias. West Coast Bias. West Coast Bias. Uh, you can follow Rye on Twitter, West Coast Smitty. Um, but West Coast Bias is his channel. When do you think you'll go live again, Rye? Uh, probably tomorrow after the college football games. Good deal. Happy right. New Year, brother. Happy we'll New Year, Rye. Be well, the great Rye Smith. And then there were two. Uh, people in the chat, a lot of, a lot of favorable comments earlier tonight about, um, about, about wake up, uh, which we will be doing tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Are you ready to go at 8 a.m. after a new year's Eve, Larry Kruger? You know what? Because, um, I'm no longer the party animal that I used to be. I will be up at 8 a.m. Even what do you, what do you, I didn't even ask you, what do you have big plans tonight? You, you, you know, I, I know you got little ones, but you could have a sitter. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. We are uh, we're, we're, we're doing officially nothing. I'm going to get the uh, fish show from Madison Square Garden. Nice. And luckily, uh, midnight will strike for them at nine o'clock. I'll be in bed by 1045 tonight. I, I know what I'm doing. I, these kids tire us all out. Wait a second. I just got to say this. Do you remember what a train wreck the Cron New Year's Eve show used to be with Braddy oh. and the, the, the half? Hour? It used to be a half hour. They've now grown it to they've taken a show where they barely had enough content to get through a half hour and they've made it a three hour show. It starts at nine. Will, I they, almost, bring in, will they bring I, in Radnich for like a, they should this guy moment. Heck they ought to bring you and I in. I mean, they're, they're, these people are going to have a hard time. They had a hard time filling like 45 minutes 
Um, they're going to have a hard time filling three hours. I, I just have to watch a little bit of that. I got to see a little bit of that. Just to watch the train wreck. Just to see exactly how do local talent get through three hours when they're used to getting through 30 minutes. Well, look, I've been listening to local talent try to kill four hours on the radio. It's not going very well lately, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, Larry, will, you, will you be dining extra special tonight? Because I am also making my famous crab cake recipe tonight. That's not, so, I, I, I think tonight is clean out the fridge of any and all Christmas leftovers. Like if it's, if it's not eaten tonight, it's not going to get eaten. So I think tonight is, is goodbye leftovers night. We're doing officially nothing special for new year's at all. And that's just the way we want it to be totally honest with you. So, um, Larry, final thoughts, uh, you know, my, you're going to ask me when's my next show. It's at 8 a.m. And it's going to be with you. It's uh, Wake Up with Damon and Larry. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, no. I froze it again. You, put your, you did the thumbs up thing. And every time you do that, you freeze. It only happens on your channel, though. It's weird. It doesn't. It's, it's anyway. Kyle McKiernan says, Damon, with the thumbs up and frozen, frozen again. Again. That's if I do it live for you. Can you freeze yourself? Is it me on my end? How do I get it to go away? I don't understand. What is, where's that, the picture of the thumb coming from up up by your head here? I don't know anything about this. (laughs) I'm lucky to be here. It's amazing any of this works. But honestly, the the reason why so much of this worked for me this year, Larry, is because of you and your help. And I say the same thing to your son, Kevin, who I already texted. I said, Kevin, have a great New Year's Eve. You've been an invaluable, uh, uh, a collaborator. I thank him very much for producing so many of the videos that have brought so much attention to my channel and you, Larry, the attention that you and your audience have given my channels meant an awful lot. So, um, happy, happy new year. Enjoy the one seed champagne cork should be popping extra loud in the Bay this evening. So I am just going to take my frozen ass out of here. <laughs> And hey, tell your wife and your and your kids happy new year. Uh, this was a great year for you, dude. You transitioned from old media to new media. You got the channel cooking. Uh, we wish you nothing but great things. Raphael 5629ers says thumbs up, Damon. Thumbs up, well, everyone. Hey, we should personally invite every single person who's still here to join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. If you don't get too drunk tonight and you're not too hungover in the morning. Uh, join us for for uh, wake up tomorrow at 8 a.m. We'll break this thing down. We'll talk more about the NFL and look ahead to a couple weeks of uh, of by by week uh, stuff. And I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. We got we got great things coming ahead for both your channel and my channel together and separately in uh, 2024. I'm really really excited for what this year is going to bring. And and uh, excellent job, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to everyone who watches the Krug channel. You've been amazing to me. You've been incredibly supportive of Larry. And thank you so much. We're going to continue to bring it for you in 2024. Have a great night. There you go. The great Damon Bruce. All right. And if you're sitting there going, where's Kev? Kev is um, was in San Diego um, with his girl at a, at a concert. So, you know, he said, Dad, I'm only going to be in the in the chat for a little bit, and then I'm going to bounce. And I may bounce slyly. And I said, hey, bounce whatever time you need to bounce and uh, do whatever you need to do because uh, life's too short and it's New Year's Eve and you're a young man. So have fun. But what a great day. What a great day. Um, it's been a great day for the Niners. It's been a great day 
um, all the way around. I mean, if you told me last night, yeah, the Niners are going to win tomorrow. You're going to cover your two-teamer. I took Niners and Rams on the tees, which I covered, Thank, thankfully. And luckily, it sounds like. And the Cardinals were going to go to Philly, and they were going to beat the Eagles. I mean, a part of me says get in the car and go to Vegas. I mean, I'm hot right now. Everything I'm touching turns to gold. I've got the Midas touch. All right. Hey, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, this has been an amazing year. This has been an absolutely amazing year. The channel has taken off. Um, I can't thank all of you enough. Without you guys, I'm talking to myself. Um, I don't have my cell phone here, so I can't tell you exactly what where we're at, but we're approaching 33,000 subs and hoping to get to 40 by Super Bowl Sunday. Um, trying to produce the best content that we can. It's Bay Area-based content with a lot of Niners, Giants, and Warriors stuff. Um, we're going to continue, hopefully, right through the Super Bowl into draft season. Man, I, 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 I've, I've watched every bowl game or taped every bowl game, and I've got a great head start already on my draft prep for, for April. So I'm going to have a ton of of videos coming out between now and the draft on my favorite draft prospects. And I, I got to be honest, if there's one thing that I'm better at than other people, it's evaluating college draft choices. So I, I, I don't think I'm better on the radio. I don't think I'm better on the YouTube. I don't think I was a better uh, scout. I don't think I'm a better quality control guy. I'm not a better husband. I'm not a better father. I'm not a better friend. I'm not a better anything. The only thing I'm better at than others is, is evaluating correctly college football draft prospects. That is probably what I'm best at. And I'm going to do a lot of that as soon as this season's over leading into April. And so if you want to know who the best players in the draft are, uh, definitely follow the Krug show post Super Bowl leading right into the draft. So, uh, <laughs> doctor, we got this one, uh, DR uh, Dreberry says, damn, Krug already starting draft prep. Good shit, man. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. My, one of my favorite guys that I just watched the other day from SMU, an uh, undersized D lineman named Elijah Chapman. You got to check this guy out. This guy's for real. He's like 5'10, 290, but he's just a monster. Just a monster. And, I, and you know how you know you got a sleeper on your hands? I went through every mock draft every draft simulator i couldn't even find this guy he was nowhere to be found nowhere to be found so can't wait can't wait um anyway that does it for us but man we've had um an amazing year we've had an absolutely amazing year um we've grown the channel from god i can't even remember where we were at last year i think we were Right around maybe eight to ten thousand subs. We're now at thirty-two thousand. Um, <laughs> MF says Larry and Patrick Connor like Joshua Garnett. I did, I did. I'm not always right, but I'm right a lot uh, when it comes to draft prospects. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys for supporting the channel and supporting the content. We're going to do a lot of videos and a lot of live streams. Uh, I've had more fun this year doing this than any year in my media career. Uh, just, you know, last year, March of 2022, we created the channel 
And um, here we are coming up on March of 2024. We'll be two years in, and we're going to be right around 40,000 subs at that juncture. We've got some new sponsors to tell you about in the new year. We'll hold off on that, but they're significant. Uh, I'd like to thank our our sponsors once again. New York-style Italian sausage has been with me since the very, very, very beginning. Um, thank you to to Mike and Laura and all the good people at New York style Italian sausage. Uh, thank you to Marin Autoglass. Uh, Saeed, my good friend who owns Marin Autoglass, has been a sponsor of the show for a while now. I love Saeed. I love Marin Autoglass. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle. Uh, Damon and Mary, the owners of Pig and a Pickle, do an amazing job. They got a great restaurant and they've been proud sponsors of the show now um, and, and our, our title sponsor. I can't thank them enough. Um, and thanks to Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy for sponsoring us this year throughout the football season. As I said, we've got some new sponsors coming up in uh, in 2024. I'm really, really excited about to tell you all about them and to promote their companies and their products. Um, if you've watched any of our live streams and you've thought, hey, man, I, w- I wonder if uh, you know my company could be a sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor our show, just DM me. Just contact me somehow. You know, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. If it is a fit, it is a fit. Uh, we'll find out. If it is, we'll discuss it. Uh, if, if we're mutually beneficial for, to one another, we'll go forward with it. If not, we won't. And no hard feelings. So thanks to everybody who has supported our live streams, supported watching our videos. Um, I mean, it's just amazing doing the, doing the uh, 95-7 49er pregame show the other day on Christmas and walking from you know the parking lot to the to the Santa Clara Hilton and walking across the parking lot with everybody was tailgating. We probably took seven or eight pictures with people. Hey, I love the content. I love the show. I love watching you guys. And uh, I've told Kev in the past. I said, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people at the games that that um, come up to me and say that they watch the content. He's like, really? And like he was with me on on Christmas for the first time and he saw it firsthand. Um, it's just really cool. It's just really cool. And it's like it, we've really come in contact this year with a, a younger audience um, than the radio audience, which is also very cool. Um, my 14-year-old is definitely fired up on the channel, and and he's going to be helping more as time goes on because he's fantastic at, uh, at producing content. But I just want to say thank you to everybody because these things don't do themselves there's a, every, every aspect of these shows takes time from the, the, what you see on the screen to the guests that we have, to the videos that we make, to the shorts that we turn them into, to the TikTok reels, to the Instagram reels, to the, I mean, it all takes time and effort and planning and energy. And, um, I couldn't have done it without my, my good friend, Len Dempsey. I couldn't have done it without my son, Kevin who has taken control of the channel as, as kind of the boss and um, just very proud of the content we're putting out there. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I, I hope you guys continue to support it. Tell a friend. Um, and uh, we're, you know, if you want to go buy merch, you know, we do, we're doing videos for everybody who buys merchandise um, from the store, which is on our YouTube page. If you look up the Krug show on YouTube, there's a store and you can buy everything from, mugs to hats to hoodies to uh, all kinds of different crew show shirts like this one I'm wearing here. Um, 
and uh, we our commitment is that everybody who orders anything from us, we do a customized video um, that you know for them. So um, just very very cool. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to the 49ers. Thanks to 95.7 The Game. Uh, and thanks to all of you guys. And Clarence Beeks jumps in here with one more super. He says, I'm going to drive five beers. <laughs> I think he said, man, I'm going to go drink five beers and throw up in a bag. Uh, the great Gary Radnich. I love Gary. Hopefully we can get Gary on the show in 2024. I'd love to. And if anybody wants to sponsor the Gary and Larry segment, uh, how incredible would it be to get Gary on here regularly and get his that you know the YouTube needs G Rad, it really does. Um, I love doing these shows, but if I could somehow figure out a way to get a regular hit with G Rad on here, it, he would just be awesome because it's TV and radio all put together, and nobody in the history of the Bay Area has ever been better at both mediums than Gary Radnich. So. Uh, I love him like a brother, and I loved working with him for years and years. And if we could do the Gary and Larry reunion somehow on on this channel, uh, I would be all about that. And Woodpit420 says, we we real Krug show OGs. There you go, Woodpit. We appreciate you. And everybody who's been a channel member. I think we've got 123 channel members. Uh, if you want to be a member, uh, we put out some of our videos to our members uh, a little bit earlier um, and our members get all of our stuff in its, in its earliest form. And Kev's going to have more ideas of how we can give members more stuff, but, uh, it's like four ninety nine or something like that a month to be a member. So please become a member. that will be awesome. We'd love to see you there. Merry Christmas says, will Gary and Larry do a reunion like Fitz and Brooks? You know, I'm working for 95, seven, the game these days. So I'm not sure if 95, seven, the game would be all that fired up with me doing a can be our reunion anytime soon it works for bob and it works for rod because they're not working for a radio station right now i don't think it would work for me but uh but it was very cool to hear those guys together and they're great guys and they've been doing it for a lot of years and i was glad that they got a chance to you know say goodbye to their audience because in radio you don't usually get a chance to say goodbye g2 the universe says he's been a member for 15 months he said glad to support you there Gonna gonna support my Krug show or gonna sport my Krug show shirt this week. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh Digital Drew has been one of our channel members for quite a while. He says, Happy New Year, Larry. Been an amazing year. Happy New Year to you, Drew. Uh good luck in Chicago with Mortal Kombat. Uh, we love rapping with you on the video calls. Um, really can't can't thank you enough, man. Seriously, it's been great to be to make your uh, make your friendship this year and get a chance to go face to face. Woodpit says Gary is a Barry, a legend, no doubt. Um, MF says Kate Scott is big time is big time now. We can get Kate back on the show. She's the Philly uh, Philly Sixers announcer. She has gone big time. She's an enormous talent. Um, Brian Loro says pig in a pickle. Bill Clark referring to uh, referencing my. Uh, desire to get Gary on the show, so that would be awesome. Yeah, well, could you imagine Gary in this in this uh, medium? He would be absolutely phenomenal. If I can make it happen in 2024, I absolutely will try. Kyle McKiernan says, "Larry may as well have spit on him." LOL. I'm not sure who he's who he's referring to. Um, 
Woodpit says Fitz and Krug show reunion needed. <laughs> uh, Rick says hearing Gary again would be phenomenal. Brian Lauro says try the brisket chili at Pig and a Pickle. Uh, 43 Evolver Krug show is the best Niner content, and it's not even close. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Kyle McKiernan was good to see Kyle up in Chico. He says, Tim Ryan, Larry, one time. Should I eat more, more pig in a pickle chips? Everybody wants Tim Ryan. Um, if the Niners go to the Super Bowl, maybe we'll head out to Vegas and I'll just trap T Rock and just be like, Tim, you have to come on. Uh, he's just tough to get to. Arturo Trujillo says Bruce and Larry would be heavyweight type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, tomorrow morning, join us tomorrow morning on the Krug show and on the Damon show. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll collab tomorrow morning for, for a wake up and should be good. Cosman says the real reason we needed this win was so the Krug show could have a bye week. You guys have been working all season and we'll work during the bye week as well. Um, I can't wait. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Today was a great day. Hey, I wish everybody a, a, if I didn't see you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to all of you guys. Be safe on the roads. Um, you know, I always say this to my kids, probably too much, but I always say, hey, look, be safe. Be safe on the roads. Um, a lot of people, you know, you got to remember this. You and I may be veterans, but there's a lot of rookies on New Year's Eve. There's a lot of people who go out and get drunk and they've never been drunk before. And those people sometimes get behind the wheel. And then sadly, terrible things happen. So drive defensively. If you're if you're out driving around tonight, coming home from a party and you see somebody weaving, steer clear. Look both ways. Do it the right way. You know, by the way, look who's in the look who's in the green room. Just when I was trying to get out of here. Who's in the house? J.D. The great John Dickinson. J.D.'s, uh, hold on. J.D., can you see us? Can you hear us? All right, hold on. We'll put J.D. back in the green room for a second. But we may go a few more minutes here with the great J.D. Uh, Brian says, Krug is the man, um, number one for Niner content, best interviews and analysis. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Uh, oh, you guys says, wake up number one seed. There you go. Uh, Dan Serrano. Hey, Dan. Good to see you. He says the Krug show is the way to go. So there you go. Cosman jumps in with happy new year, Larry, please. One bulky impression before you leave, you know, JD was in the back room and we tried to get him on, but it looks like he's jumped off. Maybe he'll jump back in here in a second. The one thing I love about JD is he hasn't torn his ACL. <laughs> there you go. It's hard for me to do the uh, the ball key sometimes. Woodpit 420. Yes, call a designated driver. Kyle McKiernan, love you, bro. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Kyle. Hope things are good up in Chico. But yeah, um, <laughs> we got this one. Kyle says, Larry never closes it out on time. No, I, I never do. I don't I don't start on time. I don't finish on time. MF, I'll be at home watching the Krug Show replays tonight, Larry. 
I know you got more going on than that. Oh, now we got JD in the house. Look at that. What's there up, he is. What's you, you up, brother? Me? How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you. I got to tell you just real quick. Uh, I, I've had a bunch of technical, weird technical issues with my home studio setup. I'm, I wasn't in Washington. Okay. Uh, so I was I was helping out uh, KMBR, the, the digital guys, basically from home. And I revamped the whole studio. I've got this. I've got this beautiful mic and everything. Nice. I, I've had to like hardwire that, everything. I'm getting the camera set up and the lighting set up and everything. But I've had a lot of input, output stuff, not recognizing my laptop type issues today. So that's what uh, has kept me from joining you sooner today, brother. But uh, well, hey, man, I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Give me your perspective on this one. I mean, we can go a few few extra minutes here sure. and give people some bonus JD. Um, it was what a day. I mean, 2710 Niners, they look great. The Cardinals amazingly go to Philly and knock Unreal. off the Eagles 35-31, and now the Niners are the number one seed. you got to be kidding, kidding me. It's an amazing day for the 49ers. Give me your perspective on the game. What stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, the, the Niners handling their business just first and foremost. I, I thought it was a real buttoned-up, not perfect. I mean, the defense was getting gashed after they took the, the 10-0 lead, and it looked like maybe they were going to have to battle down to the wire, but the, the Mooney Ward interception uh, with the, the commanders driving uh, and, you know, having the potential to, to keep that game close that, that flipped it. And then the Niners go on the 95 yard drive from there. And I think that's what put it away. And you got to give a lot of credit, I think to Elijah Mitchell, to Brock Purdy, I mean, yeah. Elijah Mitchell, you could make the case and I'm sure you've talked about it these last couple hours, the MVP of the game. In, yeah, in oh, he was great. Just with the big, you know, runs, and, and you know, everybody all years wondered where's Elijah Mitchell, and so McCaffrey goes down with this calf thing, which doesn't sound like it's too serious. And and hell, he doesn't have to play a meaningful down now for three weeks. Basically, twenty days will be the earliest that the 49ers will play another game on on January twenty, so they can rest up, uh, and and he can rest up specifically. But yeah, th I thought it was a impose your will drive after the interception that was just telling the commanders and telling the rest of the league that they were, they were not going to be denied. Everybody hit their marks too. Purdy got his yards record for the, for the franchise record. Everybody got themselves over a thousand. So it, it makes it in a lot of ways, just easy for everybody to shut it down next week among the key players. I know you can't shut everybody down. I know Kyle Shanahan spoke to that post game, that there are going to have to be some some meaningful players that that do play to close out the year against the Rams. But yeah, I mean, what a gift from the Cardinals who beat Dallas and beat Philadelphia this year, and then the Niners, of course, handled business against the Cardinals both times in their in their head to heads, and and that winds up being the difference. So I mean, just an excellent excellent win, and this team really needs the break. Uh, I know we'll talk rest versus rust over the the twenty days, I'm sure, but but. Forget about all that. This team needs the break right now because they were really, I think, the last two or three weeks starting to come apart at the seams physically. Yeah, the Ravens game took a toll. I thought the commanders for a bad football team that wasn't going to win the game, they were laying wood. I mean, they really were. Like they were, they were trying to twist and pull and hit. Now, a lot of the times it was after a seven to 15 yard game by the but they were trying to, to take their pound of flesh 
So I think the Niners win in this one and, and, and the good fortune of getting the one seed wrapped up today, which nobody saw coming, I think really sets up a Super Bowl run, two wins at home. And we're talking about Vegas, baby. No doubt. No doubt. Would you play Purdy next week or would you sit him? I would sit him. I would sit Purdy. I would sit Trent Williams. I would sit McCaffrey. I would sit Kittle. I would sit Ayuk. Uh, I, I would sit Debo Samuel. I would probably sit Fred Warner and Nick Bosa at a minimum. Obviously, Eric Armstead's not going to come back now uh, it, until the, the playoffs. And I'd probably sit Mooney Ward uh, in addition to that. Uh, Greenlaw. So yeah, I, I, I would sit Greenlaw yeah, and Warner. You know, yeah, Greenlaw. Yeah, did I mention? I thought I said Warner, but no. I, yeah, you Warner, did. Yeah, Warner and Greenlaw would be the other one, just because he's been so banged up, and he just throws himself around like a like a missile. So that being said, Larry, get into your three deep and your four deep, and who the Niners can sign on the uh, of the practice squad or maybe even off the street to maneuver the roster here. Uh, do they still have enough to play the game with those ten guys or twelve guys that uh, I said let's let's put in bubble wrap? Well, I mean, this would be a great game to feature Jordan Mason. You know, yeah. right? I mean, Jordan I, I Mason. I mean, linebackers and DBs. Do they have enough well, linebackers and DBs? Jalen Graham and D. Winters. Definitely yeah. Jalen Graham and D. Winters. Um, I would say I want I, I would I would feature Jordan Mason. I would feature Ronnie Bell, Danny Gray, Tay Martin, you know, um, yeah. Jor- um Braden Willis. Right, all those guys, all those guys. Yeah, Kittle's another one. I wouldn't play Kittle, uh, and next week against Kittle, the Rams, Kittle I, took a crushing hit today. Yeah, he did. That was one. I mean, it looked like it was a rib or you know something. But they were. Look, I, it, he, I think he got hit in the back of the leg, but it was okay. such a hard hit that it was like, and he, you know, he was in the air. It's like God. These guys, I mean, this is these. This game is not for the meek, man. I mean, seriously. I mean, we we sit there and we critique these guys. These guys have more guts than we will ever have. If any no of us took any hit like that, it would be like the worst hit of our life. These guys take ten of them every week and come back the next week. I mean, it's it's yeah. just an amazing thing. Yeah. No, um, okay. Yeah. JD, give me your thoughts on on um, on as far as if you were. Give me the one. I mean, right now it's all speculative as far as both conferences. The Niners are the one seed in the NFC. The Ravens are the one seed in the AFC. But you got some teams that are playing better, some teams that are playing worse, some teams that have pelts on the wall, like Mahomes and and Andy Reid in Kansas City. Then you got other teams that don't, you know, have that maybe don't have the pelts on the wall, like Cleveland, but man, they're looking good right now. Who if I said to you, outside of Niners Ravens, Give me the two teams that that you like in the two conferences. Give me two other teams besides the the chalk number one seeds that you're like, you know what? Watch the heck out for these two teams. Buffalo would be my AFC, and I've been on them for the last few weeks, uh, even before it became kind of the trendy pick. I, I think Buffalo lost a lot of really close games early in the season. I think that's a damn good football team that that could have wound up if they had won some of those close games and Josh Allen hadn't turned the ball over. I mean, they just got absolutely gut punched over and over and over. And I, I always look for a team that that takes those gut punches during the season, but yet still can be good enough to get themselves into the tournament. I think those teams typically fare well. They're battle tested. 
so Buffalo would be my team away from the chalk. I, I mean, Kansas City, I guess, technically counts as chalk, uh, even though they're you know, having a tough time putting Cincinnati away. They just went up eight uh, with about three minutes left on the on the Bengals to, to wrap up the, the AFC West. Uh, but Buffalo would be my AFC team. I'm having a hard time finding one in the NFC, to be honest, because I think the Eagles have, have shown their problems. Uh, I think I just do not believe in Dallas. I feel like Dallas would probably beat Philadelphia, but I almost feel like Dallas would lose to the Lions if they played them again now, given the way last night went. I, I Maybe the Rams, maybe, but then they weren't impressive today. Uh, although it does look like the Rams are going to – I can see the Rams if they end up going to Detroit going in there with Matthew Stafford and McVay against a vulnerable Lions defense and winning a game. And if they do, then that puts them likely in line to play the 49ers in in that, you know, as one of the teams that pulls off an upset, unless the seven seed upsets, it looks like the Rams are going to be basically locked into six Philly. Now five, as long as Dallas beats Washington next week, Dallas would be the two. So I think in the NFC, uh, you know, the door is going to be open for Minnesota and Green Bay because Seattle's going to lose at home to Pittsburgh. So whoever wins that game tonight is going to have a shot between Minnesota and Green Bay. I don't believe in any of those teams as far. So maybe the Rams uh, would be the one wild card team uh, or, or wild card pick that I could see beating Detroit and then maybe making a run. But I don't see them making a run if they're going through Levi's and, and Santa Clara. And how great is it that the Niners now don't have to basically play the Rams? maybe consecutive games for real. Uh, I know those two teams and, and two coaches know each other as well as anybody, but the, the 49ers now can can keep everything in their back pocket for the Rams who they've owned, at least in the regular season here these last five years. Uh, one shared screen. I got to do this because this is just – these scenes are awesome. Here we go. Awesome. Here's the Niners situation in the locker room after this one. Hell of a job, everybody. Hey, guys, we know that wasn't our number one goal, right? We're still going to get a lot better going forward, right? What way do we get better? Practice and working, right? All right, but today we had a dude, all right, who threw for more yards than any quarterback has in the history of this organization. When you get the when you get the uh, the, the the Trent Williams uh, grab you from the back of the head, proud of you, baby. Uh, that's, that's big. That's big. Awesome. It, it reminiscent of, and when the Niners clinched the one seed, uh, four years ago in 2019, I, I was on hand covering that game in Seattle and just the, the sense of accomplishment and relief and just achieving the, the goal, uh, you know, the regular season goal ahead for this team to be able to check that box and get the one seed. And, and look, they've seen over the last four years how important home field advantage is. You know, they've they've had that NFC championship game now a couple of times on the road since they went to the Super Bowl in 2019, and they haven't been able to come out on top in that game. So to, to be able to get the bye, 
to be able to get uh, the the two games at Levi's basically to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't ask for anything. They you earn that by virtue of the way you play in the regular season, and for this team to rebound from being five and three basically at the midpoint to clinch this thing with a weak despair. I, I think it's a hell of a thing that should be celebrated. And when you don't have to go right into the next week and, and in a must-win situation, you you can savor it and embrace it. And, and I think the Niners should. They should get home, be safe. They'll get home right before the, the clock strikes midnight with a couple hours to spare with the cross-country flight and uh, be able to be able to celebrate and enjoy what's been a hell of a 2023 season. No, no question about it. Um, you got any big plans for tonight, JD? Where you, I mean, you're a young guy with a, you know, you got a girl, you got yeah. a girlfriend, the whole deal. I mean, are you hitting a steakhouse and and pour a few back. I mean, yeah. you and I've got, you know, we're out here. We only live about a mile from each other. We're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to, you know, drink some beers uh, quite a few times this year out here in the uh, in the creek. But you got big plans tonight. I'm I'm laying low with the. Uh, with the wife, I'm gonna make some uh, my special crab cake recipe, um, and nice. uh, we're gonna. I'll be over have... about nine thirty. I'll be over. <laughs> you got there room you go. for two? I'm, I'm a, you got. I get you got table for two at the Krugers. We'll, we'll I'll be tell over you. You know. You know what a pound of you, guess what a pound of crab went for at Lenardi's? Oh man, that's a. I I, I couldn't tell you. Sixty not... bucks. Wow. 60 yeah, okay. bucks for a pound of crab. I was thinking about 50. I was, yeah. That, that's wow. Good. I couldn't that's believe it, but I'm like, you know what? It's been a bit, it's, it's been a good eating, year. Though. It's good. It's good eating. eating. It's good eating. Good and eating. the crab cakes, the crab cakes, I, I fry them and then mm. they're in a bed of, um, tomatoes, um, avocados and oh, balsamic wow. vinegar. And wow. it's just, um, they're just awesome. They're just absolutely awesome. Yeah. I, I said nine 30. I'll be over about, uh, we'll be over about eight. Actually. We'll be <laughs> over right at, right at the end of the uh, Vikings Packers game. We'll, we'll, we'll head on over. We'll bring a bottle of something for you. A any big plans though for the night? I mean, uh, uh, what, what yeah. do you think? You've got a lot to celebrate, man. It's been a good year for you. It has been. Yeah. Real thrilled with uh, the move and, and joining the, the folks at, at KNBR. Uh, obviously, we know folks at, at both stations extremely well, uh, given our history. I've, I've joined the, the Kruger Club as uh, somebody that's worked for both. That's right. Stations and and Sac and the Sacramento station we both used to work at. That's right. If there's a sports station in this uh, within 200 miles, we've been on it. <laughs> That's the Sac State in us, brother. We can't, <laughs> you cannot kill us. You cannot survivors. Us exactly. Uh, so survivors. My, yeah. Great 2023, man. Just, uh, you know, gallivanting the entire country, covering the Niners and, and covering the Warriors as well. And a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be thankful for. It's been a terrific year. Yeah. Going to celebrate tonight. Going to head to dinner. Uh, low key, somewhere in Walnut Creek. Not exactly sure. Probably a couple drinks. There's a, a dive bar. Uh, down the street here that uh, I, I like to hit up, uh, and and so I think that's where we're going to end up, uh, you know, having a couple to to bring in the new year. But pretty pretty low key, top to bottom. Happy to have the day off tomorrow and enjoy some college football. Rare rare. I don't get a lot of days off. I don't take I a lot of days off. But no days off. One for one. Like I'm taking the first one of 24 off. You're and a fucking we'll you're a fucking slacker. But you know uh, what. You know what? It is a leap year, so we still got. So you can take the first one, but we get an extra one this year because of you know February 29th. So there'll still be a hard 365 to follow tomorrow. I'm paying it forward on my extra day next yeah. year. 
that that used to be my ongoing joke with one of my fraternity brothers in college. You'd be like, "Hey, bro, it's a leap year. You might get laid this year." <laughs> um, uh, you know, he never liked it. Anyway, um, couple last thoughts. First of all, I just want to say thank you for your contribution to the Krug Show. We're at thirty, almost thirty-three thousand subs. You've been a big part of it. We've talked a lot of Giants, a lot of Niners, a lot of Warriors. Uh, you're great talking all of it, and I just wanted to say thank you, man. I, I appreciate you jumping in. Many, many nights during the Warrior playoff run last year, you're doing 95-7 the game post-game, and then you're jumping on afterwards. And I just I appreciate your hard work, your dedication to the craft. I also appreciate your friendship, and we've been friends for years and years, and I know we'll be friends for years to come. And I just want to say thank you, man, for everything you've given the channel this year and just the way you go about your business. You're a pro. You're, you're as good as any radio guy. Uh, that I've met in any market. So, man, keep it rolling, and uh, and we wish you nothing but great success in 2024, and we're confident you'll have great success. But while I've got you here, um, give me I a quick thought. <laughs> give me a quick thought on the Warriors because I'm watching the Warriors the other day, and I'm listening to my man Cy on his uh, Locked On uh, Warriors, and he's just railing against Kerr. And, and, and Kerr is getting criticized quite heavily, uh, now by the fan base, believe it or not, um, despite the four titles. And I'm just kind of wondering, give me your thoughts on, you know, I'm hearing Draymond Green rumors. I'm hearing Andrew Wiggins rumors. I'm pretty sure that Dunleavy's going to do something major. Uh, we're in the midst of trade season between now and the deadline and whatever first week in February. What do you think? I mean, does, does, is Golden State going to make a major move? Would you move Draymond Green? Would you move Clay Thompson? Would you move Wiggins? Would Are they going to move them all, move none? Give me your, yeah. your rundown. I don't think I don't think Draymond or Clay are getting moved unless there's a determination made that this thing's completely over, like they want to tear it down to the studs, which I don't think they're going to tear it down to the studs. To me, what it comes down to is – there's basically three players I think it comes down to that the Warriors would look to move as a as a baseline for a deal. I don't think Clay or, or Draymond are part of it. I, I think it's Wiggins, I think it's Chris Paul, and I think it's Jonathan Kaminga uh, above all of the, the other young players. They're on record with this can't play Wiggins and, and Kaminga together uh, deal. Uh, I think there's still, and we talked a lot about this in the spring, there is still, I think, a misalignment as well as Kaminga has played lately. I think there's a misalignment between what he wants to be and and believes he is and what the Warriors want him to be. And I think he has done the things of late that the Warriors want him to do. But then as you saw with the comments that he made to Marcus Thompson, it's still not enough for him, right? Like I, I think the Warriors were thrilled with the December that Kaminga had had after Kerr had taken him out of the rotation for that, that two thirds of one game. And then he played that finished that game against Portland, basically helped him win it. And he's been in the rotation ever since these last three and a half weeks and played well for the most part. Uh, the, the, the one game where he had the six turnovers in about 10 minutes, notwithstanding, he pretty much has played well in every other game. That being said, I, I just feel like he, while the Warriors were happy with what he was providing, he just was not content with only like he wants more run and he wants, and he believes he should be a finisher every night. And there's just continues to be this, this disconnect to where I think the Warriors are like, 
we want you to be this role player. And if you are, you'll have an opportunity to flourish and eventually you'll get there and be a star. But we don't view you as that right now. They also have to make a decision as to whether they're going to pay him. He's due for an extension. And I can see them being at an impasse, again, based on the player that he thinks he is and the worth that he thinks he has and what they want to pay as a team that's trying to get their financial house in order. So uh, I really do think, you know, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul because of the expiring contract. Wiggins because he's fallen out of favor, may need a change of scenery. Wiggins is not on a terrible deal making in the in the $25 million range. And his deal, I think it goes down a couple of million now moving forward. It doesn't go up. So I think that would make him more appealing uh, as a, a wing player that can be a rotation player for a, a lot of different teams. So I think those are the three because you wouldn't at this point want to trade Pajemski or Trace Jackson Davis. I think there's too much upside very quickly for both of those players. Like it didn't take them three years to, to contribute and contribute to winning uh, on a consistent level. So I think you'd want to hang on to those guys. They fit almost any, whether you rebuild or keep going, they fit both ways. I think Moses Moody is similar. He's been a proven playoff player. So if he's a throw-in in a deal, maybe you have to get rid of him. But but I don't think the Warriors would want to. So I think the three players are Kaminga, Wiggins, and, and Chris Paul because of the expiring deal as to if they look to make a move. But they have to do something. The, the Warriors keep telling us, Larry, that they're a good team and that they believe in this team and that they think it's going to come around. And then I said this last night on, on KNBR, that they keep showing us that they're not a good team. And, and for as deep as they are, the pieces don't fit together because every night there's two or three players that aren't playing well. And there's two or three players that you're wishing were on the floor. And every night it happens, even though every night the the players who are playing are different and the players who are sitting are different. How many times this year has the odd man out in the original rotation come in out of necessity and then been the best player of of that said group like it's happened with moody where he hasn't played then come in it's like oh moody was really good kaminga's done it trace jackson davis has done it and to me it's an indicator that that nobody can be trusted to be consistent on a night in night out basis and so when they do try to come up with a plan it just it doesn't work and then you're left like, well, why didn't you play that guy? Or why didn't you play this guy? And, and to me, that's the kind of thing that, that, to be honest, happens with with losing teams. So, again, I know a lot of people are saying the big guys and, and all that, uh, you know, as far as the, the champions players, maybe you look to move on to them, on from them. If you move on from them, you have to be sure that your younger players are a future playoff core. And as much as I like Kaminga and Moody and Pajemski and, and Trace Jackson Davis in a vacuum, I don't feel that those four are basically a standalone core on their own moving forward, like a playoff level core. So their timelines don't match totally with Steph. So again, I think they're going to have to look to do something more dramatic because it's, it's not clicking. And for Steve Kerr to say, hey, we haven't found it yet in the tone that he said it last night, we're 32 games into the season. Like this is not 10 games in and you're still tinkering. We're almost two, we're two weeks from the halfway point of the season. So something's got to give. And this was supposed to be a homestand where they figured things out. And nightly now it feels like there's more questions than answers. Depth is a gift when you have, you know, defined roles and defined hierarchy. De a depth is a nightmare when your backups are as good as your starters. And that's mm -hmm. where they're at now where who's better 
You know, uh, who would you rather play every night? It's somebody yeah. different every night, which is right. not, you don't, a, know, not good. you don't know what you're getting off the bench. You don't know what you're getting from your starters. Wood pit 420 says, try to get Lori Markin in Rube says, bring KD back. If, if the Warriors could, could get either of those guys, which do you think they would prefer? Uh, well, I think short term, you'd rather have Durant. I, I don't think they could get Durant. I think they could get Markin in. But is is Kaminga like? I mean, what are you giving up? I mean, can can Kaminga get you marketing? Like, I I feel from a Utah standpoint that doesn't add up. And then I start to say, all right, well, who are you adding to the deal? Because I think you could get marketing only if you took Utah's bad money, Clarkson or John Collins or one, you know, somebody that they have that makes tons of cash. Because marketing only makes like seventeen million or something. He he's more reasonable. Yeah. Um, you're not so getting him for Kaminga. It'd have to be Wiggins and Kaminga, and then you're taking bad money back, probably. Right. And that, and that type. How of about? Thing. Give me one thought on the Giants. I mean, I know the Giants are just like cons- left for dead, and it's just been uh, kind of a weird here, thing. Here's but... my thought, Larry. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Did, what? Did they do what? something? Did they do what? something? Is it? Is it 2024? TJ Hopkins? What? What? They they did Dalton Jeffries. I I got to get a Dalton Jeffries jersey. I mean, uh, no. Do you get? I mean, are they going to get Bellinger? I hope for their sake that they I do. do. But, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, Larry. I, I mean, I hate to oversimplify it. I, I just, I, I don't even, when rumors come out, I don't even bother commenting on them anymore. I don't even bother like retweeting them because I, I almost feel, feel like-, like the rumors are being put out almost as like, like hey, almost we're doing like something. we're doing stuff guys. yeah it's like a, it's like a it's like a it's like a shield it's like you know stop don't rip us we're trying don't rip us it just i don't know it's a it's a weird vibe and i get the vibe that some of their beat writers are like don't believe the rumors that they even print out you know what <laughs> i mean like yeah. you you just put out a rumor do you think they're gonna get them well not really i just i'm putting well, that out there yeah i mean look yeah tom murphy uh, for eight million, that's. <laughs> I mean, who? But, and I know a lot of people are are like Woodpit four twenty. You know, get get Bellinger, not Chapman. How about get Bellinger and Chapman? Like, how about how about you do that? Like that to me, it, it it's not it's not one versus the other. I still feel like they're in a position where they need to do both. And I know I you you like Casey Schmidt more than I do. I do. Uh, I like Casey. But I would like to me. I'm not down on getting Chapman. But Chapman can't be the only guy. Like you yeah, can't get, no. if you get Chapman and he's the only big signing, then then you're probably hurting Chapman's ability to be successful because he's not truly a carrier. He's somebody that needs to be in the middle of a lineup that has a lot of other good players, I think, to to flourish. And that's something that the Giants don't have. So if you told me you were getting both, I'd be more okay with Chapman. If you told me you're only getting Chapman, then I would say you need to go in a different direction. You also need to get a pitcher, and yeah. so yeah, I mean it, it. You need you need to get another pitcher to put at the top of that rotation and let everybody bang down. So it's I don't know, man. It's kind of wake me up when they actually do something, and then we'll evaluate whether we like it or not. At this point, I'm kind of done with the whole go get this guy, go get that guy because it's clear 
it's clear that they just don't have the juice to close at least no it's 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 sad it's sad i it's like as a giants fan people say are you excited they got all this money to spend what's coming next i'm like i'm nervous i'm more <laughs> i'm nervous i have a you're, few, you're you know excited really, nervous while the dodgers are getting yamamoto and shohei like, you know, he's really probably nervous as Kruko. He said he was going to retire if they didn't land a big free agent. It's, you know, it's almost January and uh, they haven't landed. I mean, I can't imagine Jung-Hoo Lee counts as the big free no. agent, but maybe he does. Maybe he does. Hey, JD, happy new year, brother. Uh, love you. Do great stuff. We'll talk to you soon. Have a terrific new year's Eve and a great 2024. And that once again, thanks for all the uh, hours of dedication you've given the crew show. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Can't wait. Great things ahead in 2024. And uh, I appreciate you, my man. Thanks again for having me. Take care, bro. There you go. The great JD. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to all you guys. We're three hours and 10 minutes into this live stream. Um, and this is the way some of our live streams go. You know, we'll start with one crew and then, you know, Damon comes in late and then I told JD come in late and, uh, and then the thing just goes on and on and on and it's great. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. What a day. What a day for the 49ers. 27 to 10. They beat the Commanders. And as that's going on, I'm keeping one eye on Eagles Cardinals. And I'm like, wow, Eagles are Cardinals are tied. Hey, wait a second. Now the Eagles are ahead, but they can't settle for the field goal. Cardinals have two-minute warning. They got time to move down. Oh, wait a second. Cardinals are on the doorstep. Cardinals are going to win. And sure enough, the Cardinals did win. 35-31, Jonathan Gannon gets revenge on the Eagles. He wins in his return trip to Philadelphia. He was their defensive coordinator a year ago, and uh, he moved on to Arizona. And uh, what a win. What a win. And that means that next week is a rest-up for the playoffs game. It's not a you got to beat the Rams, and, man, the Rams are hot. And this, Nope. Now you don't got to beat anybody. You can uh, you can lose next week, and nobody's going to say a damn word. Uh, then they get the bye week after that, and then it's a playoff game. And if they can win that game, then they get a playoff game in the NFC Championship game. And if they can win that game, they're in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And that sixth Lombardi, that elusive sixth Lombardi, which has eluded this franchise since nineteen the mid nineties, their last. Super Bowl winning circle where they were in where they won it all was February of 1995. How about that? The 94 season. If you're a Niner fan and you're 25, you'd never seen them win. Everybody who's younger than that has never seen them win. I want it for those guys. I want it for all those Niner fans that didn't get a chance to enjoy what I got to enjoy in 81 in 88, in 89, in 90. So many great memories of the 49ers winning Super Bowls, and none of you have had that opportunity, and you deserve it. So anyway, um, Johnny F. Groove says, Great work, Larry. Happy New Year. Uh, Chris Chris uh, Azorno says, Today was a quiet classic. Yep, what a great, what a great day it was for the Niners. They win the game. They get that first round by the road to the Super Bowl goes through Levi's and week 18 is a double buy. And if you ask me, what do the Niners really, really win, really need? They didn't just need the buy. They needed this. 
They needed the two-week buy. That's how much rest they need. With the one week would have been great. Two weeks is better. And that that's exactly what they need. There'll be no don't let anybody convince you that this that they're gonna be rusty. No. They need I'm in that locker room. I see this thing up close. These guys need rest. And that's what they're gonna get. Two weeks of rest. And the team that you see coming out of this spot, coming out of this two week rest is going to be flying around making plays like it was week one all over again. That's what two weeks off are going to do for this football team. Andy 707 says, I'm 25, Larry. Yeah, Andy, you're 25, and you've never seen the Niners win a Super Bowl. And this might be your best chance. So there you go. Mitchell and Ness says, fresh and fast. I agree, Larry. Yeah, no question about it, Mitchell. No question about it. They're going to be flying around, making plays. Great day. Great final day to 2023. Once again, thanks to everybody who made 2023 such a successful one for the Krug Show. Thanks to Kev. Thanks to Len Dempsey. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to our sponsors. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, Have a great New Year's Eve. Be safe. We want you back for 2024. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked.